The following is an exclusive presentation of Pirate Radio Digital Media. Brought to you by Brown and Wood, Buick GMC, Cadillac and Mazda. Hey Pirate Nation, this is Tom Brown from Brown and Wood Buick GMC Truck. We've been serving the Pirate Nation in Eastern North Carolina for 83 years. We have four brands, three generations, two showrooms, and one goal to make sure you leave a happy customer. We're located on Greenville Boulevard next to the Convention Center or shop us online at brownandwoodauto.com. The following is an exclusive presentation of Pirate Radio, the voice of the Pirate Nation. Welcome to Pirate Radio Live. You can paint this with purple. Now live from the Pirate Radio studios in the heart of the Pirate Nation, here is your host, Clip Brock. All right, hello and welcome into a football Friday and a free beer Friday edition of Pirate Radio Live. Clip Brock here with you inside the Pirate Radio studios. Coming to you today on Pirate Radio 92.7 FM. In Greenville, 104.1 in Washington. We're on 1250, 930. We are live online, PR927FM.com. You can find us on Facebook Live and on YouTube before Saturday's kickoff between the Pirates and the Houston Cougars. Make sure you check out our YouTube page at Pirate Radio TV. See the full interviews with Mike Houston. Also, Donnie Kirkpatrick, Blake Harrell, a couple Pirate players as well. Tyler Sneed and Miles Berry. It's all there for you on our YouTube page. You can chime in on today's show right on our Facebook Live page and be a part of the program. Big show on tap. Troy D is alongside and Coach Rick Smith. We'll get you ready for East Carolina and Houston coming up Saturday in the 4 o'clock hour. We'll have our weekly NFL segment with Tony Dunn. We'll talk Panthers. We'll make some Week 7 NFL picks. At 5 o'clock, we'll talk to the voice of Dottie Ficklin Stadium and Minji's Coliseum, Morgan Aylers. He'll join us inside the Pirate Radio studios. And at around 5.20 or so, we'll talk to Brian North from WCTI 12. We'll run down all the football action going on high school, college, and pro this weekend. So a ton to get to on today's program. Plus, it is Free Beer Friday. We'll make you a winner coming up in Hour 3 of today's show. Shirley Rhodes is here. The big dog, Glenn Griffin, here as well. Troy D. alongside. Happy Friday to you, Happy Troy. Friday. Good to see you guys. Hope you're doing well. Doing well. Uh, uh, voice is a little deep today. Yeah, you know, I what still have... What you got going on? Uh, you know, I'm about 95, 90% back. Okay. I was I was dealing with a little sinus issue yesterday. I don't get sick. I mean, really, as you think about it, knock on wood. But I, I think I picked up some sinus thing from my kid, so I stayed home yesterday. But I, I, I feel like I'm getting back. I just don't sound... I might sound better. You feel actually. better than you sound? Yes. I feel a lot better than I sound. I don't think I sound great, but as I said, that's due to a sinus issue. But I, I do feel much better, and I actually have a lot of work to do. I thought getting out of the house would actually make me feel better, too. Well, coach, I, mi- I missed you guys. Yeah. Troy D is a warrior, as you know. He's going to fight Sometimes through it, Coach. Sometimes you got to play hurt, Coach. Yeah, you might want to. <laughs> He's getting away over there. <laughs> no, I'm fine. I would not put myself or your, you guys in jeopardy. Rick Smith, how you doing, sir? I'm doing great, you know. It's a beautiful day to be alive. That it is. That it is. How you uh, weather today? It is. It's yeah. a beautiful day. It's been a beautiful week. I mean, it's been cool. It's been a nice breeze. Yeah. If I was going to skip a show, this would be a good one to do it. Yeah. You know, it's not too late. <laughs> you head on out right now. We're we're awaiting uh, Michael Perry. We have promoted that. Um, what is it? The new basketball analyst. That's right. For ECU, I reached out to Michael yesterday. Set up for him to uh, join us at three. Uh, we are three minutes after three. Haven't heard, unfortunately, uh, not saying he won't show up, 
but he's not here now. And I haven't. I've reached out to him if we're still good. I haven't heard back. So maybe, maybe he's up. under the weather. Planning to hook up with Coach Perry. Yeah, coming up at some point during this hour as well. Coach Smith, what'd you do during the bye week last weekend? I watched other football teams play. That's exactly what I did. <laughs> it was a great Saturday. You know, I try to watch Florida State every week because I graduated from there. And then, you know, when you coach 50 years, there's a lot of schools that you coached at that you watch. You know, I, I coached at Cincinnati. I watched them. I coached at uh, South Florida. You know, Baylor. I mean, a lot of places. Alabama. You know. You got Kentucky ties, so did yeah, you... Uh, I was at Kentucky. Long, you know, I, the two places I coached the longest was East Carolina and Kentucky. So yeah. I watched them and my son, as I mentioned last week, not my son, but my grandson is a football manager there. And they uh, they hung around about as best you can against Georgia, yeah. right? I mean, Georgia is the top team in the country by far at this point. And playing at Georgia yeah. is hard. They'll smother you. Troy D., uh, you were watching football during the bye week live in Illinois called yeah. Northwestern and Rutgers. I almost went to a high school game, too. I almost could have gone to, for the uh, three-peat. New Trier is a big high school up there in that area. And I almost, it was a little drizzly Friday, and we were going to go to dinner instead. And it's where my niece and nephew go to school. I think you just wanted to mention that because you know one high school that Coach Smith doesn't know and didn't recruit. You probably do know New Trier. Did you cut, That's a pretty well known high school. You ever heard of New Trier? What state? It's in Illinois. It's in the uh, suburbs of Chicago. I've probably been there one time when I. Uh, I think. It's kind of in the Wilmette Northfield area. When I first got to Kentucky, way way back, uh, they sent me to Chicago to recruit for a week, and I remember, you know, the great story. When I came back, I told Coach Curry and the whole staff meeting. I said, Coach. I saw less players in Chicago in five days than I would have seen in Tallahassee, Florida, in one. <laughs> and he kind of looked at me and said, I'll talk to you after the meeting, Rick. <laughs> so after the meeting, he said, we'll send you back to South, uh, back to North Florida and the pan- South Georgia and the Panhandle. How about high school's got, it's got like over 4,000 students, Clip. I mean, that's bigger than a lot of colleges, if yeah. you think about it. Well, when I got so, That's off, a lot of students for high school. When I got off the plane, I had... Uh, they told me to get a small, inconspicuous car. Have I told this story? Uh, the Cadillac? Yeah. Yeah, you've told it. But that's oh, all right. God. You want you want to tell it real quick again? I don't remember it. All right, tell it one more time. Well, you know, I'm in Chicago for the first time ever, <laughs> you know, and they told me. <laughs> this is a funny story. They told me, the, the guy that recruited, I'm just going up there to check out the players that he's seen. He says, now get an inconspicuous small car. And this is because, the 80s, right? Yeah, this is, yeah. you know, he said, you're going to be going to some pretty rough area yeah you want to blend in so you know get in so i had ordered I, you know the girl i was supposed to get so what a, do you get what type of car do you get I'm to blend in i'm supposed to get a compact car a little, right. little car yeah. well like a toyota tercel or something at the time i get a red two-door cadillac with a white vinyl top <laughs> the big one the big the one. long one i mean like those el dorado ones that were real I mean, long back that would only <clears throat> happen to me you know so you're rolling into high school with the caddy but i had nothing they had nothing else yeah because there was some big convention that i was really oh, this guy was legit coming in with his cash yeah yeah so, yeah probably um, thought the players probably thought you were gonna give it to them after yeah. they signed with you i'm leaving the parking lot and the, the parking attendant, you know, I pull up in this Cadillac, and he looked at me, and he shook his head, and he said, the Cadillac man. <laughs> I said, well, that's all they had. And he said, good luck. 
<laughs> the Cadillac man, Rick Smith, joining Break, us here. Breaking news. As promised. Coach Michael Perry in the house. We need a guy. That, go ahead. Come on in, Coach. We are live on there. Good to see you. Now you can tell we're not recording today. This is live stuff right here. Great to see you, Michael Perry, who What's is up, just coach? walking in Good. as we reset here on uh, PRL. How you doing, man? Good to see you again. I'm great. All is well. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, we had run into each other about a month ago, off air, and we were catching up. And I was asking what you've been up to, and you're like, well, you know, kind of been taking it easy, going to do some media stuff. And I was like, oh, that sounds cool. We'll have to get you on as a guest sometime soon. Man, you didn't let the cat out of the bag. I didn't know the media stuff would escalate this quickly. Congratulations on your new gig. Well, yeah, thank you. I'm uh, really excited. Um, obviously, um, uh, getting in the gym uh, from the other sideline uh, as opposed to uh, the side where the coaches and the players are is a little different, but I'm looking forward to that. And uh, it's something that I've um, always had an interest in. And uh, radio and television um, were something I've been exploring for some time. And when this opportunity came up, it just things kind of fell into place. And we should, I guess, reset clip for folks that are tuning in and <laughs> hear yesterday's news that uh, Coach Michael Perry, who spent a number of years as a assistant coach here at East Carolina under Coach Mac McCarthy and then also as a head coach yourself uh, is now taking a role as the analyst for the IMG Radio Network for ECU Basketball working alongside our buddy Jeff Charles. So I know Jeff will be excited about that. Cy Seymour, in case you're wondering, has not been fired. Uh, Cy Seymour is moving over to ESPN Plus. Yeah, so he'll be you, doing the home games. You, you may ESPN see, Plus. you actually may see and hear Cy as much, if not more, depending on how you consume games. They had to but, put that beautiful face on TV and yeah. radio for so, Cy, um, so. They, they split Cy on TV. Jeff will remain on radio, and then uh, Michael Perry joining in. What have you been doing up until now, though, Coach? It's been a few years since you yeah, coached ECU Basketball. What have you been doing in I, between? I've been um, evaluating and watching a lot of practices for our coaches. They've been having me come in and evaluate their teams. I've also been doing some consulting work with some of these upstart uh, professional leagues uh, that are starting, um, almost kind of um, presenting another option for uh, prospects, um, sometimes maybe other than just going a traditional route. So I've been uh, doing some consulting work with those and getting some of those leagues uh, started. So it's been some interesting endeavors in terms of basketball. Is coaching something you want to get back into, or do you kind of like being on this other side of it now where you can kind of come in as a consultant, also start this new media career too well, i'm kind of open to everything i mean i'm kind of open to everything and um uh, i'm just excited you know for new ventures and new things um, i'm still passionate about coaching i think that's gonna um help me in terms of being a, an analyst and a color commentator i think um, when you're still passionate about the sport i think it does lead yourself to be able to, um, to have an interesting insight and i am still passionate about you know teaching and coaching and mentoring young men are you surprised, Coach, at how much this thing has changed? I talked about it with Cy and a couple weeks ago and Joe Dooley uh, this past week. But the recruiting traditional high school players, four-year players, and now you throw in the transfer portal and recruiting the portal and how close it's become to like a 50-50 split between that. I mean, well, what's your, your take on what's happening well, right now? Well, I, I think that in, in this in athletics in general, college athletics particularly, and just athletics in general, uh, you have to be progressive in your thinking or you get passed by, as you've seen with some of these conference affiliations. Uh, the leagues that got out in front of it, uh, they were the ones that actually kind of benefited for it. The ones that didn't, you know, scrambling, 
And I think that it's true also with athletics. I think Mike Krzyzewski probably said it best years ago that, you know, we've got to uh, get out of looking at what the traditional model is and we got to think beyond that. And, uh, and I think that's what's happening. The game is moving forward uh, at, at a tremendous rate right now. And a lot of options are being presented to kids, um, both in terms of uh, going to traditional colleges and also for going to play in some of these other um, other leagues, which are also presenting an option on the table for these kids to be able to go to college as well, while also being compensated to be able to play. But being able to play and being compensated, boy, that's a, that's, that's a whole new ball game. I can't imagine what that's like for a high school kid. Michael Perry joined us in studio, former ECU basketball coach, uh, now getting ready to uh, have a new role as a radio analyst alongside Jeff Charles for this year's season. Coach, as you know, the lifeblood of a program is recruiting. And, uh, Rick, I know the same for football. It doesn't matter what sport. You're only as good as your next group of recruits and the future players that you can get. It's got to be stressful, though now for these coaches and really this is probably every major sport not only do you got to recruit the future you know the high school kids that are coming up uh you got to recruit your own players to stay as clip mentioned with that transfer portal every year you're liable to lose people every single year on your own team so the recruiting not only does it never end for the future of the program from the high schoolers it never ends with the current players that you have too that's got to be a real tough balance i think for coaches nowadays sure i think we've got to uh, again, look at things a little differently and, um, than what we used to. I can remember older coaches, for instance, years ago used to say, I'm not recruiting kids in my own program. I'm not re-recruiting kids who are already in my program. That used to be their mindset. And uh, you can't have that attitude today because you literally have to re-recruit the kids that are in your program. That's just the reality of basketball today. And football, all the yeah. Michael Perry joining us in studio. Coach Rick Smith as well. Coach, have you had an opportunity? East Carolina has some familiar faces coming back with Suggs and Tremont Robinson-White, Tristan Newton, J.J. Miles, Luigi DeBoe. They also have a full crop of freshmen and a full crop of grad transfers and transfers from the portal. So have you had an opportunity to look at uh, this team coming up? Not a lot. You know, again, a lot of new faces, obviously, and uh, some I am familiar with, uh, some I'm not, but... um, I've got a general idea, but over the coming weeks, you know, I'm going to get a better perspective on the players and what they are. But I am familiar with some of them. Uh, I'm probably most excited about the kid Tabs. Uh, I knew him. Uh, well, I, I saw him uh, when he played at Boston College, mm-hmm. and uh, though he was injured, but um, I know that staff was very excited about him. And, and in fact, they used to always joke. Uh, some of those guys I know about it. That guy was able to play. They may not. They'll still be coaching at Boston College. They were that excited about him. So I'm really looking forward to seeing. Uh, what he's going to be able to do in terms of his impact here. Um, he's probably the one, I, at least me personally, I'm most excited about. He can play. Clip, we're talking about uh, players. We might want to look at a guy named Michael Perry and see how much eligibility he has left as I look over and uh, tell you what you've been doing the past few years. And that's working out. Looks like you could get back out there on the court and uh, <laughs> pretty jacked up right now and, and hang with the best of them. I may look like it, but I can't. <laughs> I, I wouldn't want to run up and down. May not have the stamina you used to, but the... Um, it's, but, show, it's show conditioning. Yeah, but it looks good. I'll tell you that. Yeah, look, You look like you're in great shape, Coach. How about, are you? I talked about the, the changes in the recruiting. How about the way basketball has changed, going further and further away from the basket, Coach? Is that... I don't know. Everything seems to be cyclical. Maybe one day we'll get back to the the Giants inside. But right now, if you can shoot the three and if you got good guard play, you're going to uh, win more games than than you lose. It's trendy uh, with basketball, as it is in football, too. I can't say uh, specifically with baseball, but I – you know, I, I watch football a lot also, but just everything is a little trendy. You know, with basketball, I remember years ago when Maryland was 
uh, was getting your two Final Fours and winning. You started seeing a lot of teams running uh, flex offense. Uh, when Kentucky and Calipari was, I mean, um, um, Patino. Uh, Patino was at um, uh, Kentucky, and he really started the pressing. I mean, I remember guys used to laugh, and you would see kids that were uh, probably challenged athletically, but they were still playing that style of play like Kentucky plays because that was the style at that time. A lot of threes, a lot of transition basketball. And then you start, start, you saw the trend with Florida with the ball screen. Uh, this came from the NBA, but it's a lot of ball screen action. So everything is kind of trendy, and that's where we are right now. Ball screens, a lot of, um, a lot of threes, and uh, you know, a lot of transition basketball. Coach, we uh, talked last week. I said defenses are making a comeback, and you said maybe five years from now, everybody will be running the wishbone again. Probably. <laughs> Everything goes in cycles. Yeah, all, I, mean, I mean, all the stuff from the 80s is popular again right it's now. It's all going to come so back. So why not the uh, <laughs> offense and defense? Yeah. You know, the, just like uh, in college, the what is it now? They Kids transfer, they don't have to sit a year. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, like I recruited the Panhandle of Florida for – my whole career you know 50 years and now you know used to if a high school kid transferred he had to sit a year hmm. not anymore i guess it it also depends on your district too doesn't it because yeah. each district yeah, I know has in, different rules i i don't know if that's the case in pitt county i know in tallahassee florida you know if a kid transferred back you know, a few years ago, I had to sit a year. Yeah, but those rules do, they are changing. And, and now. Yeah, it trickles down. Now it's just musical chairs. Yeah. Oh, yeah, sure. There are yeah. kids that have transferred three times that are playing now. Yeah. They've is, been to three Division One schools, which is. Is that a red flag that for you, Coach? Both both you guys, a, a kid that transfers. I've seen this before, and sometimes it's the parents more than the kid moving them from one school to another in high school. Uh, and then in college, if it's that, if they've bounced around so much, does that sometimes say, man, what's going on here? I think with some programs, it is a red flag. But I think with some programs, you don't have the luxury of being able to say, I'm going to pass on that guy because you yeah. need talent. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you bite the bullet and you always think that, you know, I'm the guy that can, uh, you know, that can manage this kid properly. Mm-hmm. Everybody's been talking about Vance Jackson, the newcomer for East Carolina. He's been at UConn, New Mexico, Arkansas. Yep. And a lot of people are saying he might be the best player on this East Carolina roster. And I mentioned it to Coach Dooley the other day that there used to be, it seemed like there used to be a stigma on transfers. Like, well, there's a reason he's leaving. We don't want to bring in. But that has completely changed now, right, yeah, Coach? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, because I think that everybody feels that, you know, with some kids, depend, I think when you're recruiting kids sometimes, and, and, and I think I did it myself, you recruit some kids, and some kids you, you feel like when you're recruiting, um, battles with the kid, you may see, well, maybe this kid's being recruited a little bit higher than probably he's going to be able to play at, but you still may maintain that relationship with him. Then the kid ends up transferring because the depth chart uh, doesn't allow him to be able to play the minutes that maybe he's going to be happy with. And so sometimes it's not a matter of um, of a kid not being talented enough. Sometimes maybe it's a, a, a bad fit. And also the commitment sometimes that programs have to developing players. Some guys aren't committed to developing players. They're committed to a quick fix. They may get a junior college player and don't allow a kid to have opportunity to develop. So sometimes they have to be careful where they go. Now, we're always watching those situations because that's an opportunity. A kid may be leaving who's a quality kid and doesn't have any uh, you know, you know, you know, your skeletons in his closet. Talking to Coach Michael Perry from uh, ECU Basketball, currently, or well, formerly coach at ECU Basketball, now uh, lead analyst for ECU Basketball on the uh, IMG Sports Network. Coach, it, I've been following East Carolina Basketball for longer than I care to admit, and I've always felt, man, okay, there's only five guys on the court. 
East Carolina could just land that big fit, one or two of those big players that could turn this thing around. And once you get that momentum going, this program could turn it around. But it seems like we've just never been able to really kind of turn it around. What is the missing piece for ECU basketball? Why has ECU basketball struggled so bad for the past 30, 40 years, if not longer? Uh, and can it be turned around here? Yeah, yeah, it can. I mean, uh, certainly Joe's doing a great job. They're trending in the right direction. And it doesn't always reflect in your, in your win-loss record. Uh, sometimes you may have to go through a few years in which you're going to have to uh, struggle somewhat. But I think they're trending in the right direction. And I think it's just a matter of just having consistency. Consistency with your staff, consistency with your administration, and then with a group of players that you can bring in and, uh, and kind of grow with that particular group. Does this new conference kind of almost, even though it's, uh, some would say, watered down the American conference, does it almost help us in basketball that some of these tougher teams are getting out of the league and does it make it a little more winnable for a school like East Carolina? I think people need to be, let's let's slow down with that, I think. Uh, I've heard a few people saying that already about, hey, you know, this league is going to be a lot more manageable for East Carolina now because of these other teams that are coming in. But those other teams that are coming in, they've got really great basketball tradition also. UNC Charlotte has great basketball tradition. Uh, UAB has great basketball tradition. So it's not going to be that much of a drop-off now. I'd rather play Rice than Houston, but but I do agree with his point. Yeah. <laughs> and and look, Troy, we've been around a long time. It's not like the Pirates were able to run through the CAA back no, in the day. We, or... <laughs> and we struggle with UNC Greensboro and UNCW yeah. lately. But, but, so, I mean... but, but I think if we get a group and we can have that group around for a while, I think we're going to see some results. And I think that's the key, being able to get a group of guys and have some consistency, which is very difficult uh, given the landscape of the business now uh, with kids being able to leave. But if you can get a good group in and you can grow with that group, I think they're going to get better. My album out of University of Richmond has a group of kids. They've all basically been together for four years. And uh, they've had some success recently. It's almost unheard of in this day and age. Yeah, absolutely. But sometimes when you can get a group of kids um, there together and you put a piece here and a piece there, I don't think you need one like great player in order to make it happen. I just think uh, it's going to take a while. You're going to build a player here, player there. Kids play together for a couple of years. And I think you're going to have something special on your hands. And I think right now the program's trending in the right direction. Coach, looking forward to uh, hearing you with the voice, Jeff Charles. But if you do get back into coaching, an idea for you, you should be, you should like just roam the country. And when a coach gets let go, you should be the interim coach. Because every time you stepped in <laughs> as the interim head coach, y'all would win like a big game or two right after it. Yeah. Um, and, and what is that? The team rallying together, uh, hearing a different voice. It seemed like it happened uh, every time you would take over the team. It's probably a combination of both. I think that the kids. Um, feel that it's, it's time for us to kind of pull together and, and become more of a cohesive group. Not that they were not before, but I just think when you're when you're in a situation like that where a coach steps down or a coach is um, uh, you know, injured and has to step away for a while, it's just natural instinct for kids to kind of rally together more so than before. But um, it, it was it was a good time. I've had, you've had that experience at um, – uh, East Carolina and also at Georgia State. I mean, it's a um, great experience to be a part of and great to see the kids respond. He could be America's interim for hire. There you go. <laughs> it's the mercenary. Coming in and, and winning yeah. games. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> 
Well, Coach, I uh, enjoyed it. Thank you for coming by. You can stick around if you want. We're going to take yeah, a time yeah, yeah. out. You're welcome to hang yeah. out. We're going to talk football a little bit. Talk if you want to stick around, if not, we'll let you get going. But uh, I'm, totally your call. I'm going to get out of the way. But if you're going to talk football, I mean, we're just going to keep it at college or we're going to go to the pros. Now, when you talk about the Cowboys, then I'm a bit of an authority. Uh, we so, coach, go. we got to go. We got to go. go. We're out of time. I'm sorry, yeah. Coach. Sorry about that. We're going to just keep it at college today. Just keep it at college. Your boys look good. Yeah. I'm a Washington fan, so I don't have anything to say to you right now. I'm a Cowboy fan. There what? Go. There you go. Oh, my this God. This whole show's over. Man. We're out of here. All right. Well, Coach, this, tro- this show is trending down. <laughs> <laughs> we'll take a timeout. Come back. More to go on Pirate Radio Live after this. to Hour 1 of Pirate Radio Live. Do you need custom t-shirts, apparel, or promotional items for your business, organization, or event? Keep it local. Print it local with University Sportswear. Contact them today at universitysportswearenc.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Vacation spots are right here in our very own backyard. Take a trip to a state park. Enjoy some traditional camping, RV spaces, and also air-conditioned cabins that can be rented with Wi-Fi. If you're by a lake, be sure to check out the opportunities to rent a canoe or kayak and get on the water. Your next adventure is right around the corner. For more information, please visit ncstateparks.gov. Now let's head back in to Pirate Radio Live. Here is your host, Cliff Brock. All right, back with and you. Coach Smith. And Coach Smith and Troy Dees here as well. Yeah, how about me and Coach were talking and Troy wasn't? That was the shocker coming back into the show. Yeah, he was pulling a uh, Bryce Williams. Yep, Bryce loves to uh, to chat as we're coming back on the air. Uh, we got a lot, a uh, couple things we didn't know about Rick Smith. Oh, yeah. We'll talk about that later. I'll put it out. Th- well, I don't know if I should talk about it, but go ahead, sir. First of all, uh, are you really a Cowboys fan? Yeah. You know, I spent three years at Baylor when Jimmy yeah. Johnson was the head coach for the Cowboys. Oh, okay. And he was so – and I knew him when he was the head coach at the University of Miami. But, I mean, gosh, we could go up there anytime we wanted to and just yeah. visit. And kind of became you know, a Cowboy. I no, mean, he's really, not at the Cowboys anymore, right? Yeah, I know that. Okay. I mean, my You didn't mem- go to the uh, – what do they call it? The White House with Michael Irvin and all the party. And you didn't hang out with those guys, did you? I used to drive them there. I was a limo driver. <laughs> So you're okay. Well, that's on the bad side of things. Also, during the break, we learned that you were drafted by a major league baseball team. Well, let me put it this way: they, the Pirates came to my house and visited with me and wanted to know if if I would, you know, sign early or was I going to go to college. This was as a high school as player. A, yeah. yeah. Well, no, it was as a junior college player. Junior college. Oh, okay. You were in JUCO and. Uh, you know, I hit 396 my freshman year, 421 my sophomore year, and it was was I had a bunch of offers. That's not too bad. You know, and I decided to go to FSU, and just talking with the with the, the Pirates. You know, my mama was my my dad had left; he wasn't in the picture, and it was just my mom and I and my sister. And uh, mom started crying. I'm about to cry, and uh, she said, "I want you to go to college," and so. You know, I didn't sign with them, and I went to college. So like, do you regret not signing with them? No, I don't look back on stuff like that. I mean, I, I've had a. Do you think you would have made it in the big show if you had? Well, you know, sometimes you wonder about that. Uh, 
but I, I think I would. I was I was not a long ball hitter. I mean, but I was you know. And, Junior college baseball in Florida was pretty good. Mm-hmm. I mean, I hit 396 my freshman year at TCC, Tallahassee Community College. Hit 421 the next year. Went to Florida State, uh, tore my knee up. But that summer, I went to played in a league and uh, summer league and hit again three something. And your so, mom's still in Florida, right? My mom passed, passed away. away. Okay, yeah. But, what was it recently? Uh, about five years ago. Oh, okay. I thought then I'm getting confused with somebody else. It was my first year here with Ruff when Mom passed okay. away. So you and you coach baseball. You've talked about that. Why go into football coaching rather than baseball? Everybody was shocked because you know I I was the head baseball coach at Godby High School for three years and I also coached American Legion baseball. So my kids. My kids were playing 60 to 70 ball games a year, you know, and we came in number one in the state, number three, number four, you know, those three years and uh, won the city league in Tallahassee. I mean, we, but I had some great players now. I mean, Mike McLeod, who's now the head baseball coach at Tallahassee Community College, was, was, uh, <laughs> that's a great, I, we ain't got time to tell all these stories. <laughs> But he was my starting first baseman, and I, I kicked off two of my best pitchers for smoking dope. <laughs> and I, I went over to Mike. Uh, that, now, that's, nowadays, it's legal. Yeah. Yeah. And, Kids uh, that don't know. Our younger generation doesn't know what dope is. Yeah. Well, marijuana. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, <clears throat> but I told Mike, I said, Mike, you're going to start pitching tomorrow. And so he wound up winning. You know, that was his junior year. He he pitched about, I guess, maybe won six that year. He won ten the next year. Signed a junior college contract, and Florida State signed him out of junior college. And he played a couple of years with the, you know, with the minor leagues. And he's now the head coach at TCC. He's been there for golly long time. So, but and so, how? Why football? Well, I was a pretty good high school football player, and when uh, I was working on my master's degree at FSU when Woody Woodward was the head coach and Mike Martin was the number one assistant. And a lot of people couldn't figure out how I got there, but Mike Martin was the head basketball coach at Godby High School, and I was the head baseball coach at Godby High School. Well, Mike left because he played back when Woody was, you know, they were good friends because they played together at Florida State, and I was much younger than them. <laughs> but, but anyway... Uh, which high school was it again? Godby High School. <laughs> okay, oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> but I wound up going there as, as a graduate assistant. And just stuck with them. it? Stuck just, with it. Yeah. All right, well, let's talk about the football game coming up this weekend. ECU versus Houston. Two programs you know well. I said the other day I was not nervous, but I am concerned. I have a bad feeling about this game, Coach. What about you? Well, I, I, I think it's going to be tough on us. Uh, you know, I... I want us to win. You know, it's a tough trip. Of course, I didn't realize that Houston has a new stadium, but I know the other place we played when I was coaching was was you walk into that place and you got depressed. Uh, is this a uh, it's a four o'clock kickoff? I forgot. Is this an ESPN Plus game? This is the U, I believe. ESPN U. Yeah. I meant to check that. Yeah, that's good news. All right. Sorry. Go ahead, coach. But uh, Houston has won their last five. They've won five in a row. I think their first game they lost to Texas Tech, yeah. which, you know, they should lose to Texas Tech. But uh, I think it'll be tough on us. 
if I had, if I was a betting man, I wouldn't bet. Well, it's thirteen and a half. Houston's yeah, it's fourteen. I guess 14, a couple of days yeah. ago. I'm gonna say Pirates lose by ten. I hope I'm wrong. Hope they uh, can pull the upset, but uh, I'm gonna say Pirates lose by ten. I like the Pirates plus the points, and uh, I take the points with the Pirates. Yeah, Coach, you made a lot of relationships um, in the uh, the coaching fraternity, and uh, Dana Hogerson, he seems like a great guy, right? Down earth, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> any any thoughts on Coach Hogerson? Uh, well, he's proven that he's a good coach. That he is, you know. Uh, Have you had run-ins with him? Um, not really, but he's he was uh, just not real friendly, personable, you know, on the recruiting trail. A few times I bumped into him, and I always felt like that he thought he was better than me, uh-huh. you know, that type. And you can kind of see that from afar, I would say. And right. I'm not I'm not the only one, you yeah. know. But uh, he he. Um, and yeah, I bet once you got get to know the guy, he's probably a pretty good guy. And I've known a couple of coaches that worked for him and worked with him. You know, they didn't speak real highly of him. Yeah. But you know, I try not to judge him because I've never worked with him. You right. know, I've, I've had other people tell me, you know, you're not gonna like working for this guy or that guy. And you know, you you go work with him and get along with him, great. Yeah. And he's known as a great offensive coach. Yeah. He's had some high powered, high flying offenses. This Houston team is getting it done defensively. They're giving up 16 points a game, which yeah. is almost unheard of in college football these days. And uh, their numbers uh, for total yardage also in the tops in the country, Coach. Yeah, they're only giving up 265 yards That's, a game. Yeah. which uh, And they're only giving up 156 passing a game. I mean, that's almost unheard of anymore. And the versus, sack numbers are concerning too. The way East Carolina's allowed sacks this year. Now they're not very, uh, they're not very good on their defense is not very good on third down. But, well, we're not very good on third down yeah, either. So it's got to give there. And then you know they don't score a lot. They don't let teams score a lot of points. I heard Donnie say the other day, you know, go back and look at the games East Carolina's been successful in, guys, and it's the games they've scored a lot of points in. Yeah. You know, those are the only ones that they've been victorious. So something's got to give there too. Are they going to be able to roll up some points on this tough? Houston defense. Yeah. I don't know. I think we'll we'll struggle against their defense. Yeah, I agree. I think their defense. I, I broke that down. Uh, you got two folders today, coach. This is like that, extra space. This is a big game. It's a folder game. He's been busy busy during this open date. Okay, got now, two folders here. You're at Houston. You got an Iowa State transfer. You got the University of Mississippi transfer. You got a West Virginia transfer. You got an Oklahoma transfer. You got a Colorado transfer. That's Houston. Mm-hmm. I mean, the University of Houston. I mean, you know, that's just on defense. So they got how many transfers? Is that about seven transfers on their defense, and they're all pretty good programs. And then on offense, I think I had them with, uh, you know, they call it the air raid offense. They've got transfer from Texas Tech. They got a transfer from A and M. They got a transfer from Louisiana Tech. I guess Skip Holtz would know him. And they got a transfer from Texas A&M. Uh, and their offensive line is uh, four seniors. Four seniors on the O-line, and they average 6'5", 305. So uh, it uh, could be a long day for our defense. I'll be honest with you. I'm really not as worried about I, – I hope they can perform and at least keep it competitive. I, 
it's a six-game season. At this point, how can ECU win three games? That's all I care yeah. about. And I don't see Houston being one of those three. I do see USF being one of those three. But the Pirates are coming off a tough road game from Houston. Regardless of what happens, yeah. you know it's going to be a tough game. Short week next week, Thursday night game here at home against USF. That is a must-win clip. I'm more worried about that game than I am even the Houston game because I think that's a winnable game for ECU. Oh. I'm one week at a time, Troy. I can't look ahead. All right, I'm looking ahead. Well, I've looked ahead because I want us to go to a bowl game and have success. And I mean, and I used to do that when you I got to win coach, three. You know, and my Born. three are USF, Temple, and Navy. Navy. There you go. I'm with your three. You know, now if we win another one, great. Now yeah. Memphis isn't exactly just you know tearing the world up. They're right. four and what? They're four and Be three. Better if you could go four. You know, yeah, lost right the left. Temple. You know, Cincinnati, you know, they're pretty good. <laughs> they're playing for a playoff spot. This could year. be a great, the ultimate spoiler. Yeah. East Carolina could play. You know, and two now, again, going back to Houston, they've won five in a row. You know, and I've always, you know, I, my deal is, you know, winning's a habit. Unfortunately, so is losing. And we got to go there. So he, they're playing for something besides just a little bitty bowl. Yeah, I mean, oh, they, here's what they're playing for. They've got their biggest game of the season next week, SMU. Yeah, if they win that, they should be able to cruise to the AAC yeah. championship and play against Cincinnati, right? And play for something big. Yeah. But on that note, Coach, I have been saying this that the look ahead factor. I don't know how real it is. You could tell me as a coach, but again, their biggest game on the schedule is next week against ranked SMU, who just won last night. So they're seven zero, eight zero, whatever they are. Any chance they're looking ahead to that one and not paying attention to the Pirates this week? Well, unfortunately, at, at all the years I coach, you can tell your players all you want to, not to to disregard who you're fixing to play, but they're, they're all looking ahead, I can guarantee you. Now, the coaches aren't. Right. But we're catching them at a great time. I think so, too. You know, and if we can shock them. <laughs> yeah. You know, early, if we can play early well and hang on. Now, they'll wake up. You know, if, but get them early. Yeah, get them early. Gotta, yeah. Get them on the run, and then our kids have, you know, they start feeling good about themselves, and and we're we're getting better. I mean, yeah. you know, if we could get up on them and play a great ball game, you know, that's why they keep score. You never know what's going to happen. True that. And yep. that they they had an open date just like we did. Had actually a couple of extra days because they played on a Thursday yeah. and had a yeah. couple of extra days. They could be a little rusty. They've been off so long. Yeah. There you go. See, now we're pumping in some positivity. Yeah. yeah. Glass half they, full stuff. This is almost like coming out of spring ball for them. <laughs> sure. Yeah. One way to look at it. Uh, let's get another break in. We'll come back. We'll have more with Troy D. and Coach Smith here on a Friday edition of Pirate Radio Live. More to go. We're back with you after this.
You're listening to Hour One of Pirate Radio Live. Do you need custom t-shirts, apparel, or promotional items for your business, organization, or event? Keep it local. Print it local with University Sportswear. Contact them today at universitysportswearenc.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Hey, Pirate fans, are you craving a calzone? Then Community Calzone is for you. Open seven days a week, plus they're open late on weekends until 4 a.m., and they deliver. For calzones, wings, salads, and more, make a community calzone on Greenville Boulevard, now open for dine-in, takeout, or delivery. And as we head back into the show clip, I have a stat for you to consider. All right. Um, We talked about uh, Houston having five wins, looking for their sixth win. Uh, The five teams that they've beaten are Rice, Grambling, Navy, Tulsa, Tulane. All of five teams have losing records. They have a combined 10 and 23 record. So if you want to keep that in mind, the numbers are a tad bit skewed when you look at some of the defensive stats that they've got. I bet if Troy stayed here the entire three hours, he'd end up picking ECU by the end of the show. Because we're sprinkling in more and more, Troy. More and more positivity. Yeah, I'm, for I'm the changing it. Uh, ECU only loses by nine now. We're going one point. Okay. <laughs> All right. If we stay on long yeah, enough. You're influencing me. You know I'm easily influenced. <laughs> uh, but no, Coach, we were talking about that during the break. Not You got the look-ahead factor. You got they haven't really beat anybody. I, I will say this. They're taking care of business against those teams. They're beating them pretty bad. Yeah. It's not like they've been in a lot of close games. So Yeah. I'm just saying this isn't a big pressure game for ECU. When I say that, I mean it's not – there's not an expectation that ECU is going to win. Yeah, but if they you know, lose, you're in super high-pressure games. Correct. But that's why I like this game, because if they could play a little loose and just have some fun, as Coach said earlier this week, you know, maybe they can hang in and pull off an upset. There's not the expectation that they have to go down and win, is my point. No. It'd be nice, Yeah, but that Houston, on paper, is a better team than East Carolina. That they are. Statistically speaking, just ask Bailey. Uh, statistics are a stat that you can look at, right? Stats, Some of course, is a statistic you can look at. Thank you, Brian. It is. Uh, Jerome Bacon, former Pirate, chiming in, uh, says the refs will not let ECU beat Cincinnati. He said the AAC has too much to lose. Uh, example, they wanted to keep Tulsa ranked last year. Guess who they screwed over in the Tulsa game? ECU. Well, they, they definitely, you know, whether that was by design or not, I don't know. But East, no question about East Carolina getting screwed over. And the, the league had to issue the apology. That was probably one of the worst, most egregious things I've ever seen happen to a team. It wasn't just one thing. It were like three things that were all terrible. They only apologized for one of them. But, you know, East Carolina's going to be in a unique situation because if they, you know, could knock off Cincinnati, it would take them out of the – final four hunt the big money for the conference if they win what notoriety for this program you know that would be huge ironically it would cost themselves money i was gonna say can i throw something out here so mike houston wants to beat cincinnati absolutely john gilbert i think he'd still want ecu to win (laughs) i know i know but i do i do believe that the conference wants cincinnati in there and then everybody benefits too by the money that's right it's a it's a weird money corrupts that's right yeah money uh as as much as i'd love to see the money i'd rather see east carolina beat them it'd be awesome going back to the ref thing coach you coached at at big power schools you coached at schools that were looked down upon by other schools did you ever and jeff charles always says like 
Well, Clip, if you if you run off a forty yard run against an SEC team, just bank on it coming back. They're going to find a hold somewhere. So, like you know, did you ever think, oh, the refs know who's supposed to win this game? Yeah, you're already nodding your head. Late in the season, when you got a lot on, you know, okay, all right, you're in the SEC, for instance, okay, and you're at uh, you're at Alabama, and they they're undefeated, and they're supposed to go to one of the, you know, the four big bowls. And you're beating them. Well, chances are those officials are SEC officials. You know, especially, you know, they are if you're playing at Alabama. And let's say I'm at the University of Kentucky and I'm playing, I'm coaching against Alabama. Both SEC schools, well, say Kentucky's five and three and Alabama's eight and oh, I can assure you that you're not going to get a call if you're at Kentucky. Now, if you're at Alabama, you're going to get all the calls because they want – you have to remember those officials are SEC officials too, and they get to go to those bowl games. <laughs> and they get nice paychecks when they officiate in one of those bowl games. So I've seen it happen, guys. Well, they, they wait till basketball season to give Kentucky the calls. Right. You get screwed in football, though. <laughs> Sorry about well, that. Well, I just used them as an example. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, nah, I mean – I. I it's a conspiracy, Troy, but uh, you talk to more and more people, it, it happens. These refs are human. They're, they're humans, robots. exactly. It, and I'm not saying it's on purpose. that sometimes it may be even subconscious that's yeah. happening. Yeah. You know? Well, it's part of, part of the deal. All right, uh, Rick Smith, Troy D in here. Uh, Troy, did you ever give a score? Well, you said ECU. Lose by 10. Lose by 10. Yeah. Covers the uh, the 13 covers and the a spread. Half. So, yeah. uh, With the caveat, I hope I'm wrong, but that's just my feeling. Jerome said old wounds just opened up there. He said it happened to East Carolina at Alabama in 1998. I was at that game. East Carolina had the Crimson title on the ropes. Should have won that game. It was, uh, And it was the weirdest play, too. If the Pirates kick an extra point, they win the game. That uh, Alabama blocks the extra point and runs it back for two points. Hmm. And that ended up costing us the game, too. If we had just taken a knee on that extra point, I think we would have won the game. So I somewhat remember that one. East Carolina also played uh, against Peyton Manning in Tennessee. Yeah, I was in there the in that game. I remember that well. Did they play uh, Auburn? Yep, I was. That was like '96. I want to say. Yeah, I mean they went on mm-hmm. a nice run. We there had a nice SEC, SEC stretch that uh, went and saw a lot of cool places. Those were some fun road games back then. And I'm I'm I don't know Troy. I'm interested to see moving forward, which the schedules are somewhat set for the foreseeable future but will we ever see one of those games like that again unlikely we got now we are on the road at michigan yeah i was talking to my sister about that actually when i was in chicago we're already going to the big house that's a house divided game for the uh dreyfus big house divided well she went to michigan i went to uh ecu as you might have heard and we're going to go to that game together well do you think any of these schedules are going to change because of the three schools that's leaving our league and the schools coming into our league something's got to change because in a few years troy we have a non-conference game scheduled with charlotte who's coming into the league that just becomes a conference game yeah well then you have to add and you add an extra game somewhere a non-conference game yeah just keep that as a conference game but it bring it opens up a spot on the schedule correct yeah yeah Yeah. and and yeah coach they're gonna have to uh because now there's gonna be is it 16 total but like wichita doesn't have football and navy doesn't have uh navy doesn't play anything but football right and temple doesn't have what baseball anyway uh interested to see how they are going to split the schedules every year who you play who you don't play 
maybe we see these teams on the east yeah. i don't know I saw the thing you retweeted with the uh, conference logos yeah Somebody, we don't need to yeah, get into that on this very, show there's some people that are very creative out yeah. there let me just say that turns out you know how like you have letters on your refrigerator and sometimes you can make uh, yeah. say inappropriate somebody, things somebody with a uh, sick sense of humor comes by if you look at the logos <laughs> in this new conference there's a lot of interesting words you can yeah. come up with it's <laughs> really crazy <laughs> yeah save that for off the air yeah all right it was me <laughs> yeah glenn actually was yeah. the first person to point it out I, actually actually but glenn, you did it um suddenly you did not put it out there and then people started yeah, i didn't put it together i did a little wrong i was like it. oh my god do we have a Did, caller oh sorry shirley let's get the caller in real quick tom you still there in raleigh yes sir i'm here can you hear me yeah sorry about the wait uh, so i'll make a couple comments i was at east carolina from 91 to 95 we had the great coach of steve logan got rid of him then we got uh skip holtz who won every year got rid of him then we got Ruffin McNeil. Hold on, every time, time out, time out. We did not get rid of Skip, full disclosure. Is this the fifth quarter? What Skip, Skip left on his own. Skip got another job and decided to leave. We didn't get rid of Skip. Right, okay. I just want to correct your well, factual mistake. Uh, okay. All right, go ahead. My mistake. But anyway, we got rid of Ruffin. Why in the world did we not pay Lincoln Riley enough to stay number two? And number three, this will be the sixth season. We have not had a winning season. Pirate fans are getting fed up. Uh, Let me handle your first one first. Uh, The season's not over yet. Who said we hadn't had a winning season yet? So let's let the season play out before you chalk it up as number six. They still have six games left. And a winning season is still possible, last time I checked mathematically. Number two, Lincoln Riley. Look, hindsight's 20-20. First of all, I knew Lincoln Riley when he lived here in Greenville. That guy always had dreams of bigger, better programs. And he probably still has dreams of being in the NFL. I don't see, you know, I don't, it wasn't a money issue with Lincoln. Lincoln wanted to be in a big time program. He followed his dream. He had the opportunity. Kudos to him. Hey, and kudos to Ruff. For if we'd him have paid Lincoln Riley to stay, do you not think he'd be somewhere else right he, now anyway? It, like, yeah. That was his path. And yeah. he had an opportunity to go to Oklahoma. And we should applaud that. We should want coaches that leave because of success, not have to get fired because of failure. So I don't, you know, buy the whole we should have kept Lincoln. We couldn't have kept Lincoln. He wanted to be at a bigger program. He wanted to move back in the Texas, Oklahoma area where he's from. That's worked out great for him. Well, how long do you think we're going to keep this coach if he keeps losing? That's my last question. All right. Thanks, Tom. Tom and Raleigh. Um, if he keeps losing, well, I mean, if they have a lose, he'll be back next year for sure, regardless yeah, I, of what happens moving correct. forward. Correct. And, yes. I, you know, they get I, the six wins this year. That is a huge improvement. Yes. And he'll be around here for the foreseeable future. Right. And I hate having these conversations midseason <clears throat> because there's so much to be played out. Let's talk at the end of the year and see where things are. You know, it's a very if let, let me tell you something, Coach. You know this. If Mike Houston and these Pirates go six and zero down the stretch versus zero and six, it's two very different conversations. Mm-hmm. Then you're going from man, people are talking about how do we keep this guy here if he goes the, if he wins the next six games or even the next five games versus losing the next six or losing the next five. Well, what, what's his future like? How you know? I mean, you know how it is in this business. We better keep him. We're not going to be able to get anybody better than him. He's, he's a damn good coach. And I do think things are on the upswing right they now. They are. They are. You got to know where this program was when he got here. You were here on the inside of it. You know what a train wreck dumpster fire it was. It was. 
It was bad. Really. And I think a lot of fans have forgotten about that. And you can't just pull out of that in a year. I know we're a few years removed, but that's how long it takes to start to get out of this hole, I think. I've seen improvement. I I think he's the right man for the job. And I hope that that people will be patient. And I hope we do have a winning season this year. And I said this last week on the show, if he keeps winning, he'll be hard to keep. Yep. All right. Uh, well, that one came out of left field. A yeah. preview of the U.S. Sailor fifth quarter call-in show. Did you you miss that show, Coach? Not be not hearing those calls. No, I don't miss that at all. <laughs> I understand. And look, I hope we're having that discussion of how do we keep Mike Houston here that he has so much success. And if he moves on to something bigger and better, then that's great. Then let's find the next Mike Houston. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Again, some comments on that one. All right, fellas. Thanks for hanging out. Good seeing you, Clip. We'll see you, uh, Coach. Great seeing you, Monday, Troy. Coach, we'll wrap up. We got. We'll have two games to talk about next Friday because we got a game Saturday and a game Thursday night. So we'll see you next Friday. Next Friday. Yes, sir. Three o'clock. We will take a timeout. Tony Dunn, ready to roll. We'll talk some NFL and more when we return on Pirate Radio Live. Hour two is on the way on a Football Friday. After this. You're listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. Save lives, be a hero, and make $700 your very first month donating plasma at Griffles Biomat USA. It's the easiest way to make extra money. Start now at Biomat USA on 505 South Memorial Drive. Make up to $700 in a month and save lives now at Griffles Biomat USA. A better donor experience and better pay. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Need some beer for the weekend? The jar. Jarvis Street Bottle Shop near Christie's Europub is a specialty shop selling craft, domestic, and import brews, along with wine and growlers. The bottle shop offers monthly beer and wine tastings, featuring rotating North Carolina craft breweries, along with live music and discounts. Stop by Tuesday through Sunday, or check out the Jarvis Street Bottle Shop on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip Brock. Alrighty, back with you on a football Friday and a free beer Friday edition of Pirate Radio Live. Coming up in hour three, we'll be giving away a Bud Light Seltzer Fall Flannel Pack. That's right, maple pear, apple crisp, toasted marshmallow, and pumpkin spice. Uh, That can be yours coming up uh, later on in today's program. Right now, Tony Dunn, CountyCatChronicles.com is yours as he joins us in the Pirate Radio studios. Hello, Tony. I've missed you, Clip. Rocking the purple. Yeah, we've had phone conversations the last three weeks, I believe. All right. So good it's to see you again. been a long time. been a while. Uh, yeah, back when we, uh, last time I saw you, the Panthers were undefeated. How are they doing now? <laughs> I don't know. What are you doing on Sunday? Like, we're going to do something different than watch football. Yeah, it's a, uh, it's a bad schedule. My team's going to lose. Your team might win. We'll talk about that coming up. But, uh, so my coach uh, Ron Rivera, your old coach is in year two. Matt Rule in year two. Rivera's feeling the first little bit of heat. Oh, he's going to get awesome now. You're right. He's going to be great. I dude. forgot about that. Every time he's on the hot seat, they win. Yeah. We need to warm up the seat. Yeah. Uh, but it, from your perspective, Tony, is this the uh, the first real heat for Rule and Brady? Maybe for Brady a little bit. Just the pressure from the outside. I don't think it's really real pressure just yet for any of them but yeah it's, it's, i'm more speaking like fans oh man fans are yeah i mean yeah. it's starting to heat up from the outside that's for sure i tell you this is uh 
it's crazy how three games can change a perspective, right? I mean, <laughs> you're going to the playoffs. On both sides. The first three and then the second three yeah, games you play. Yeah, I mean, and, and and it's probably how you lose some of it. Um, another thing is, is who you lose to. Uh, it makes it another thing. But I was listening to the first segment clip, and you guys were talking about um, – I heard I heard Troy say there's no pressure. Like, these guys can go out and have fun. And I could feel like you're – just the hesitancy in your voice to endorse that model. And I mean, when I you're get not, it. They're two they're, – they're underdogs. Yeah, you're playing like house money. Kind of. It's kind of the idea. But at the same time, is that in an attempt to revert the ship, change the culture, whatever uh, little catchphrase you like to use is – you know, you got to win. Uh, and so until you have a winning culture or until you get used to winning, um, every week the pressure seems to be on to win the game. And I think that that's where uh, you kind of alluded to it with the Panthers in their matchup is that they should win. They're playing a team that's hobbled like crazy. You look at the schedule, at their records, um, it should be like we should be racking up, you know, winning by 20. But no one feels – that right now someone asked me they said what what do you feel comfortable like what would you need to win by to get a little faith in this team i was like one yeah yeah like i don't really even care how it comes at this point i would take and if you get one w in those last three games i think the whole narrative of the season's changed but so you know you forget how you win later on but you remember those losses pretty closely well and you've had two of them at home the cowboys are a good team sure and you can excuse that loss i would anyway uh eagles at home vikings at home maybe more so the eagles than the vikings i think so i think that's the one that uh, for me is that i i felt like it was one that they should win um you know that the team you're better than that team you're playing and it turns out you weren't um, I, and I think the Vikings, you know, what I, what I have found out about the Vikings is that I underestimated them. Their defense is better than I, I thought it was because last year their defense was a, a liability. And the offense has, has produced, and you've got Dalvin Cook who's playing. So, And their offensive line is a lot better, it seems like, or it looks a lot better than I remember it from last year. So, I mean, it, it really isn't about uh, the individual team as, like, kind of that clump of three. You know, you're on a three-game skid. If you win one out of those three, it's not as bad. You win two out of those three, it's a victory, in my opinion. And so that same clump is about to happen to us right now, Clip. We're on the road with the Giants, then we play the Falcons on the road, and then we host the Patriots. And so for me, I feel like we really got to go two and one for this season to be salvaged. I think if we go one and two in that three-game series, then you're already talking about the draft next year. Tony, I pulled it up. I wanted to know the exact time I tweeted this on Sunday. It was 4.27 p.m., and I said, the Panthers are still playing? That game (laughs) took forever. It did. And what a comeback at the end of the game to give – man, there's nothing like false hope with your NFL team. I experienced that quite a bit. But they, uh, they send it into overtime with the touchdown and the two-point conversion. Unfortunately, the Vikings walk it off in uh, OT, but a, a wild finish to that game. Yeah, we probably knew that they weren't going to win uh, first from the way the game played for you know all, almost the entirety of the game until the last minute you know, or two minutes of the game. We go down and we're able to score and tie it up with the two-point conversion, like you said. But once they marched right down the field and kicked the field goal to tie it back up, you're like, oh, God, this is not looking. And then the coin toss is like, uh-oh. 
Um, so it was false hope, and it, it's much like um, losing to the Cowboys, and you, you know you lose. You look at it as a one score, one possession difference at the end, but it didn't feel like that when you were playing the game. Uh, but you know there were some cool things that came out of that last. I like them. We kind of talked about this on the post game. Is like my co-host who is really upset with the state of the team at this point. He said, you know, I kind of wish they would have just kicked him. Uh, they wouldn't have missed that field goal and we would have won. I mean, or we didn't go. No. He said, I wish we would have just lost in regulation. On Instead, the field goal. Yeah. That's what it was. Um, and so I thought, no, I like to see the resiliency. I like to see some fight in Sam Darnold. I thought Sam Darnold played with, with his legs. He got some big plays there. Um, but it wasn't pretty. Even the final minute drive or whatever we did against them, and I was on the road. I was driving back from Philadelphia at the time, and so I was like listening to it, trying to watch it on Hulu between <laughs> at opportunities. But I mean, if you think about it, we had to convert two fourth and longs in that one. He was standing in the dang end zone where he hits Ian Thomas down the middle for forty yards. So the first three plays look like this game is game is over. And then Darnold, uh, and then Darnold hits a big play, but Wait, that's all it takes. Are you telling me Darnold's numbers could have looked even like a lot worse than they actually were? Because yes. they were bad. They were horrendous. And man, if you would have seen the first half numbers, they were like the most. I almost wondered if they were the worst numbers in the history of football. It was like I'm trying to think. There's a couple of times I've seen, <clears throat> and I, I'm, I'll, their name will come to me in a minute, and I'll probably say it wrong. But it was like where they finished the the quarter, like one for 14 or something to that. Is like Sam Darnold's first half numbers were like two for 17 or something. So he's 17 of 41, 207 yards and a touchdown. Got that late. What would the numbers have looked like without the last drive? 95 yards came on the final drive. Holy crap. Yeah, that's bad. Yeah. And, that's bad. Uh, and it was only on three completions, too. Big dog, what's up? Just enjoying the conversation. Oh, okay. I'm trying to be involved. I like know. it. I like it. He finished his little snack. He feels better. He's recharged. I did enjoy the uh what was that Pirates popcorn? Yeah. Uh Chandler that Chandler blessed us with. Yeah. That maybe we'll save the conversation off the air, but Chandler is the biggest sucker alive. Like we had that story. Were you here for the story about the skincare, the cream <laughs> no, that he bought no. for like $295 from oh some random goodness. guy when he went on a school trip? Nice. <laughs> so there's that. Anyway, we'll talk about that when Chandler's back. But anyway. We know uh, it's Friday, though, because the big dog's here. And Chandler's not here. Dude gets I more days off than I heard that anybody joke. I've ever met in my life. Well, you're the, you know, there's only a couple of people you need here all the time. And two of them probably are right here and one of them knows how to work distance <laughs> uh yeah glenn's part of the distance education program uh but he is he can here work today. wherever he but he'll hook up to the sat link or something like that and take care of business but you know look is that back to where we are with the panthers is man it's a uh, the nfl this is what's exciting about the nfl is that when you have a shortened season and this is why i love football first of all is that it only takes so much of our time to follow it Look, I'm a diehard Carolina Panthers fan. I follow it far closer than I probably should. I talk about it throughout the week all the time. But thank God they play one game a week, right? It's a manageable sport to follow. And that's what's fun about college football, too, is that every week really matters. And um, so 
three weeks ago, I'm sitting here thinking, I'm on cloud nine thinking this season is going to go better than I ever expected it to. Now at three and three, it's kind of where I thought it would be. But sadly, we lost some opportunities there in that of winnable games, and it's just going to get harder and harder as the season goes <clears throat> on. And the questions are, can we get out of this funk? And I don't know. Well, it looks like you're you're playing in like a schedule of threes because the next three are pretty interesting. At New York, very winnable. Yeah. At Atlanta, rivalry game, winnable. But winnable. Very winnable. But winnable, yeah. Winnable. And the Patriots at home looks pretty winnable. All yeah, of those they're have, not world beaters. All though. losing records, one and five, two and four, two and four. I think the Patriots a, are a probably they're at least a decent two and four. No. I don't believe it yet. I mean, they've lost on the last play of the game to the Bucks and Cowboys, which we consider Super Bowl contenders. Has it been that? Well, I guess this. I think this last week against Dallas kind of changed my is is like making New England look like they're better. Like they're better. So I'll give them credit for that. Is that? I, before? I think they're a tough out. Definitely. Yeah, well, they're the, the first, toughest out of those three. And maybe Mac Jones is growing quickly. Yeah, I do think this is that. That's the one on the schedule. If we lose, I'm not going to sit there and cry about but no, if, the other two are you got to win the other two yeah the other two are cry games for tony they Cole. are especially is that but if we win these two and then you know it just depends on how many and if you go zero and three good gosh i don't even know how we're gonna i mean you could go to going to atlanta <laughs> and get gadgeted to death by correll patterson and kyle yeah. pitts i mean it's and it's atlanta always will do something to us like this but luckily we usually play good in their house and then they usually beat us in our house so right man. sure uh, you got a matchup with the Cardinals uh, coming up. Still, we'll see if they're undefeated, and but still, Washington, Miami, Atlanta. There's uh, there's a lot of there's wins left on this Panther schedule. Yeah, but here here's something good. A feather for your in your cap is that this is a get right game for Washington when Panthers play them. You know what I'm saying? Is that you've been waiting for that defense all year to do what it was supposed to do? Well, if they're going to do it against the team. It's going to be the Carolina Panthers. Here's this offensive line. Knock it over. Yeah, Adam, uh, yeah. he can walk slowly past them. Tony, if Christian McCaffrey wasn't hurt, would the Panthers have won the last three games? No. Question from Adam. No. Not yeah. all three. He didn't pick the that, offensive it line. Would have, I mean, but it would have put us in uh, one of those games. Yeah, one of three, certainly. Um, and it probably would have helped uh, to, to slow the bleeding. In, and we might have won two or three if we had him. Yeah. Uh, but the last week is this is the problem is that it's not just Christian McCaffrey being out. There's a systemic there's systemic problems in Carolina, and I know it's easy to point to Darnold throwing interception on the first play, but he's just one of the names on the list. The offensive line is worse than it was last year. We have people defending Teddy Bridgewater last year saying he's behind a terrible offensive line. And I told them, I said, this is one of the better offensive lines I've seen Carolina have in a long time. And that they're, they're, like, a problem. they're like this. They're like, you're defending these guys? I'm like, no, I'm not defending them. I'm just used to what we got this year. And so it's bad. The offensive line's terrible. Tony came in here and talked about poor Byron Bell for like 53 weeks in a row. Yeah. It was, it was really sad. I know. And, uh, and right now, so anyway, the offensive line, you got Darnold play. You've got uh, inconsistency from Robbie Anderson, which is kind of surprising. Was not ready I for that. I brought that up with Chandler last week. I, think, I don't think you were here, but like. He's he, going to get back on track. He'll be all right. I yeah. don't think he's, I don't think this is money 
that corrupted him. Like <clears throat> Troy D said, that it corrupts the referees. And, I mean, you you were just talking about line play and quarterback play. These things are going to affect uh, wide receivers' yeah. performance. I mean, yeah. So and then uh, Joe Brady is now on the list. You know, is that look the third quarter offense? Has he's on been, a lot of lists. He's on the Panthers hate list. He's on other teams' list to bring in and pay a lot of money to be their head coach. Yeah, and now he has And it's awesome too that Panther fans are now like, I hope he gets the job. Take, him. <laughs> Take his ass. <laughs> we don't want him. Uh, and then right now too, the defense is allowed. Um, they allowed 500 and something yards against the Vikings. They have had opportunities to stop these teams and help the offense um and really the rushing the you know, teams are running the ball on us now and we're not producing the pressure that we were getting so the list is long and everybody is on it at this point i feel like it's like chris jericho's list glenn it's getting it's long extensive you just made the list all right let's take a time out we'll come back we'll uh briefly talk about a pretty bad thursday night football game that involved teddy two gloves his amazing record against the spread is getting worse by the week, it appears. And uh, we'll make some picks for the second straight week. Tony Dunn has made up a game. And, Two weeks uh, in a row have made up a game. That's exactly what I just said. No. For the geez. second straight uh, week. I didn't hear that part. I just heard make up a game. Keep up, Chandler. Uh, we will make some picks when we return on Pirate Radio Live after this. You're listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. Save lives, be a hero, and make $700 your very first month donating plasma at Griffles Biomat USA. It's the easiest way to make extra money. Start now at Biomat USA on 505 South Memorial Drive. Make up to $700 in a month and save lives now at Griffles Biomat USA. A better donor experience and better pay. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. When your AC needs repairing or replacing call on the reliable service professionals of delcor heating cooling and plumbing go to delcorinc.com or give them a call at 321-8868 delcor the service professionals in greenville now let's head back in to pirate radio live here's your host cliff rock back with you on pirate radio live coming up at five o'clock we will talk to the voice of dowdy ficklin stadium and Minji's coliseum morgan aylers Brian North going to join us to get you ready for your football weekend at around 5.30 or so. We got a giveaway, Free Beer Friday, Bud Light Fall Flannel Pack is on the line today. So uh, we'll have that for you in Hour 3. And uh, we're going to make some picks here on what, on paper, looks like the worst slate of NFL games I've ever seen. Oh, gosh. I'm having a look down the list. We'll go over it, Tony. There are some stinkers. There might be two good games this week on paper. So, what do we do on Sunday, dads? Uh, I don't have any pumpkins yet. So uh, maybe. Yeah, carving pumpkins with your kids would be good. Go, you go pick them out and carve them. That's, yeah. That'll take Go be a good day. dad, folks. It's go be a good dad. Good dad, good husband uh, weekend. And my wife's out of town. 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> Maybe I'll go be a good dad at your yeah. house. Yeah. <laughs> and we'll just hang out and watch TV. <clears throat> watch football. Yeah, actually. We it. circled right back oh, to football. Oh, we still can't get away from it. Well, the uh, the good dad weekend began last night with the Thursday nighter. It was an ugly one. Case I went to Keenum, bed early. Starting for his 14th team, seemingly. And the Browns uh, picking up the win last night, 17-14. to 14. How many of you out there were in my position where you were struggling at running back and Hunt and Chubb were out, so you picked up Dearness Johnson and you had to make that call at 7.30 last night. Do I slide him in the lineup or do I play a Mike Davis? Do I play somebody else? I decided not to play whoever Dearness Johnson is. He had a 146 yards and a touchdown and also added two catches for 22 yards. This, you know, the Broncos defense has has just stung me a couple of times this season. Last week and on a historically bad run of fantasy football that I am on right now. I'm in a rebuild mode. Post championship. Yeah. I'm on a, in rebuild mode. Um last week I said I'm not starting Josh Jacobs because He's going against Denver's defense, who's only allowed 86 yards rushing in every game this season, um, and he's been hurt. And Oh, and the other stat was he's not rushed for more than 60 yards in a single game this year. Why would you start him? Right. And then guess what? He runs for like 120 yards and like a touchdown, and again, I lose. Um, man, <clears throat> Denver, frauds. Frauds, just like the Panthers. Aren't, isn't it strange we have like the, the we we're like following the same trajectory both started out three and oh yes i thought about and that now last we're on night. A, well they're on a four games losing skid we're on a three hopefully they were on the road in a field goal spread game close you know and you guys are facing that same situation on Sunday. man i just hope the panthers are better better than they are case keenum uh, is better than daniel jones so maybe you guys yeah case keenum was the best quarterback on the field <laughs> did you see him do the mic drop last night i didn't know well i didn't i didn't either i, I saw it on, twi- on twitter I, I hadn't seen that, but no. he just said uh they were like how do you you know because they baker might come back they're saying after because they have like a mini buy and they were like how do you prepare knowing that and he said you don't have to get ready if you stay ready did see that great line and he and they all they all went nuts and then i thought this is all i could see is i was looking at case kill it's like man he just looks like you he should be your neighbor he's <laughs> <laughs> a regular guy right there uh chad says he will be a good husband and a good dad watching the titans play on sunday i will ask this again if the titans beat the chiefs are they the front runner in the afc no chad they're not they will be like the third runner still and you know what they were fourth runner they'd be behind the teams that that beat the titans i know that sounds that the titans beat it sounds weird to say but i still in a playoff game will take the bills to beat the titans and i would still take the chiefs to beat the titans even if the titans beat the chiefs on sunday i could i could not follow sorry but also baltimore too uh baltimore is I'm not, you know what? They're going to lose in the playoffs just like they did the last two Maybe, years. but you know what? I'm not picking against them anymore. Yeah, especially. I learned my lesson last week. Especially if they start the half like with one first down and they're down by 14. Oh. Lamar Jackson's about to have 400 yards passing in the second. Yeah, I hope that, man. That, you know, he, if he has a Sam Darnold first half, it's over for the other. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're better off if he has a good first half. <laughs> Uh, that dude. should be your strategy. It's just like uh, secondary for the first quarter. I want you to take a nap. We need this guy to feel good about himself. So maybe he'll <laughs> relax. 
Uh, great win, though, Chad, Monday night. That was a great What great, a fantastic game. game. Yeah. I mean, I, I stayed up to the very last play. Yeah. I mean, you had to. You know, some questions, though, is did, um, did he get the first down? on that rushing play they marked him short it looked pretty close i don't know if he went back maybe they'd say the elbow i almost wondered if it would be worth throwing your final timeout as a challenge flag because i think they had to call a timeout anyway right yeah they didn't they never reviewed it did they Mm. yeah well he had that slip right in the backfield which that was after yeah but you would think and what did you think about Sean McDermott? Oh, oh, you're talking about the play before oh. where he got the uh, oh, gotcha, gotcha. Where gotcha. it was a third and whatever, Sorry. he runs and he leaps and uh, and falls down inbounds, and they marked him. It looked like I thought he had, had gotten it, but then they they marked him a half yard short, and I think they had to call a timeout just to stop the clock to get a fourth down conversion, and you almost wonder if you should just throw the challenge flag. Mm-hmm lose the timeout but they would stop the clock i guess anyway i don't know how that would work maybe they give you that would they give you a 10 second runoff or something like that i don't know but that would have left you with a fourth down and one did it with no timeouts if you used your time they finished the game with one timeout left still all right anyway you know what the whole point that i'm trying to make (laughs) is this we need to move on no what about the sean mcdermott call i liked it uh, to go for it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I got definitely. no problem with it. I like it, too. Uh, Josh Allen and the Bills are going to get that nine times out of ten. We saw Monday night the one time they would not get it. And uh, good for the Titans. Yeah. All right. Let's uh, get to the picks. The big dog uh, back on a Friday will be making picks for the Chandler Glenn group. Uh, last week, Tony, 10-3. and three. Was Chandler here last Friday? Or was Glenn? No, Glenn no, was Glenn here. Glenn was here uh glenn you went 10 and 3 i went 9 and 4 it was the previous friday where chandler was here on the year i'm 60 and 27 glenn chandler is 50 and 28 59 and 28 tony 58 and 29 close we are all within two games of each other and i have dropped games these past two weeks so we will start with the panthers and the giants i uh have picked trying to remember who i i know i picked dallas against the panthers i think I we picked, both picked the vikings last week but i picked the panthers to beat, beat philly the eagles uh i'm gonna go back to the panthers this week and say they knock off the giants but uh, i'm not super confident about yeah that. neither i don't think anyone is is very confident about it and i don't think any giant fan is confident about beating the panthers either um right now when you look at the injury list for the new york giants it's long it is long, and and their and their best players are on it. Galladay out, uh, Saquon out, and then uh, a bad offensive line. The Andrew something guy, the rookie receiver Tony is out. Yeah, um, they're they lost that linebacker that they brought in Hernandez. No, that's Blake what, Martinez. Martinez, Will Hernandez, which is my a, stepson a, is a Giants fan. He went to the game uh, in Dallas actually a couple weeks ago. He got a new Blake Martinez jersey for the season this year and immediately he got hurt <laughs> and as a stepdad what did i do 
laughed. Spilled ketchup on it. Laughed in his face. Oh, man. That's <laughs> it was so great. Mean. <laughs> Actually, you shouldn't say as a stepdad, as a Washington football fan, yeah. is why you laughed in his face. It comes from both sides. You got to toughen him up. Uh, and uh, he talks junk about my team, so it's fun. I'm taking the Panthers here. Is just <clears throat> I think that the Panthers need to win this game. They should win this game. I think the defense is enough to get it done against a bad offense. This is going to be a turnover fest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> James Bradbury is going to have like seven picks against Darnold. Darnold throwing in an old stadium with bad memories. Uh, I, I don't know ghost. if I've seen a player prop. So every game they have props for interceptions and the good quarterbacks like Rodgers, the under half an interception would be like minus money where the over like you're, he's not expected to throw one but in a lot of these games for these bad quarterbacks, the over half an interception is you know way minus money. Uh, what I'm trying to say is would this game be the first time ever you would have like over one and a half interceptions what do you for think, these quarterbacks? What do you think the combined number is? If you could bet how many total interceptions? Three and a half? Like, would you set it there? Yes. <laughs> and then you throw in <laughs> fumble. If over? you just do straight turnovers, I'm putting oh, it at God. five. Daniel Jones has already fumbled in this game and hadn't started it. Sam Darnold fumbles every game. Do you know there's only been two games in Sam Darnold's college and and pro career where he hasn't turned the ball over? That can't be right. Yes. No way. That is nuts. That's crazy. Sad. Glenn, who it's are you? Sad. That taking millions. <laughs> I'm sad just sitting here. Glenn, who are you taking? I mean, you got to take the Panthers, I reckon. All right. I mean, looking at the slate, I believe your statement about it being the worst Sunday. Oh, well, we're going to get there. It's we're going to get there. I can't wait. What if they neither of them turn the ball over? That would be insane. And they play this epic game. Uh, and we all like we're asleep. <laughs> 48 to 46. I was like, cut my grass back. <laughs> Washington at Green Bay. I will take the Packers at home. Aaron Rodgers coming off the I own you game. Relax. What do you think about that, Tony? The uh, Did he the, come back with the discount double check? He did double, double check, check, and then he did the I own you. My whole career, I own you. I didn't see that. I was on the road. I like it. It I'm fine awesome. with it. Yeah, I'm, I'm fine. fine you know it. what? I think Aaron Rodgers is a vi- is, needs to be a villain. If you have beaten somebody for ten years and held their franchise down, you can talk. They trash. Ha- he hasn't lost to them in ten years. I'm just throwing that number oh, out there. Okay. I, I just, oh, he, yeah, I mean, how about the? But it's probably it's the, and it, Bears are getting a little bit better, man, aren't they? Yeah, they're feisty. So he scores the touchdown. I can't believe he hasn't seen this. And then he does that, and then. He sees, and they showed still shots of like, all so you the can read his lips, all the middle fingers. You can actually hear him saying it. All the middle fingers that are pointed at him, and he's just saying, "I own you. I still own you." It was awesome. I don't have a problem with that, especially if I'm a Packers fan. I do have a giant problem with it if I'm a Bears fan. But guess what? The he, problems he with does. The, the problems <laughs> with the Bears if you're a Bears fan, like. Yeah. Hey, could you be this guy so he doesn't have to scream at us that he owns us, please? I know. Uh, Rodgers will own. Why? Hey, I would love a new owner what in Washington. Think? Maybe he can own the team instead of Daniel Snyder. Do you think if you're a Packers fan, you could walk up to Aaron Rodgers and say, I own you? Because they technically, technically, do. technically <laughs> they actually do. Because they're like a commonwealth. It would sound odd, but technically it'd be true. I would not. I'm doing, doing that. Oh, man. Well, I'm not a Packers fan. Or you have to live in Green Bay. No, you, there's you can, like a, all various rules. You to can being. get like uh, PFT, Pro Football. He's a part owner. Is a part owner somehow of the Packers. You can buy a stake in there and say, I own you, Aaron Rodgers. I want, yeah. That's do, awesome. Are you taking Aaron Rodgers? Yeah, I am. Uh, Glenn? Yeah. 
All right, game of the day, Chiefs at Titans. This it? Well, it's probably one of the better games on the list, that's for sure. All right, what do you think about the Chiefs? I don't know what to think. What do you think? I think that something that's got swept under the rug with the Chiefs being bad is when Andy Reid had those medical problems earlier. When, I don't know there's that. There's the whole thing with his kids. Right. I mean, like, there, so my point is that there's a lot of off the field distractions that I think have affected the game planning of the Chiefs. Hmm. You know what is? Thank you know. I'm glad this is happening. I'm so glad this is happening because this allows us to remember like that no one is superhuman. Sure, anymore. like a, a fourteen like, and two, including, including their quarterback, it was, who just makes ridiculous pl- decisions because they work. 85% of the time, but when they don't, he looks like Jameis. Well, you know, that's what the kind of knock on him coming out of college was, is that he, Reckless. a lot of, yeah, was a lot of people didn't like that attitude. And I mean, he's had such a hot run. Um, but, you know, is that they, it just felt like they couldn't win for, I mean, couldn't lose for so long. And now it just feels like they can't win. So, you know what? I'm okay with the big guy being humbled for a second. Um, that defense is bad. I'm going to take the Titans at home here. I mean, Getting I kind of think. Momentum. I kind of think Derrick Henry keeps can, the like, ball away in that defense. Right, yeah, right. I do keeps agree the ball with that. away. 140 yards. Man, two or three know, touchdowns. He could have been, been a Carolina Panther. <laughs> I saw the tweets about that. Who'd you draft instead of him? Vernon Butler. Yeah. Who's on the Bills? But still not <laughs> good. Sense. He's on Panthers North. Yeah. Chiefs, Titans. You're taking who? Titans. So this is the second straight huge home game for the Titans. They stood up tall Monday night. I'm going to take the Chiefs on the road. I don't know why I keep picking them. It's not a bad pick. Well, In this situation, I don't think. It kind of is, though. But the Titans kind of had their big up game yeah, on monday night right this could be a, a letdown. i feel like a letdown the when, titans though i don't know if they, they've only had one up game though so like can you get you know they're kind of trying to prove to themselves and the world that they're good still and chad's trying to prove to us that his team is good i think they lose sunday uh this is the is this game in london game falcons at dolphins mm. oh i get the london i got and the it, london game right well, this game is in the United States, but it should oh, be in London. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Dang it. Like, Falcons at Dolphins is the most London game ever. I'm taking the Dolphins. Mm. I know it's tough. There's, I mean, and I don't really know enough about the Dolphins. I haven't watched them closely enough to really make any – I'm just hoping this is Tua came back, played pretty well, and um, I'm hoping that the Deshaun Watson rumors – are going to motivate the player Tua and some of the <coughs> the team to play well. The Falcons now uh, two weeks. What did they do last week? Did they have a bye last week? I'm taking the Falcons off a bye. Yes, they did have a bye. Yep. Um, and we're coming off of a game where um, who's the tight end guy that they got? Kyle Pitts. Pitts. Kyle he, Pitts he ran had a crazy, crazy game. Yeah, yeah against crazy. They Jacksonville and oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, but I'm still taking the Dolphins here. I'm taking the Falcons on the road, Glenn. I like Atlanta on the road as well. All right. Jets at Patriots. We've already seen this crap game once this season, and we're seeing it for the second time. Have they already played yes, twice? Yes, this oh. will end the season series. Thank God. Uh, <laughs> Patriots. Yeah, I'll take the Patriots. Yeah, I'll take the Pats. All right, uh, let's take a break. When we return, we'll finish up the games. 
It's the best game on the list now. This one right here is sneaky. This, I like it. I, I would say this is the second best, if not the best game of the week. And the rest of the games are garbage. That's a tease, folks. We will be back with you on Pirate Radio Live after this. Listening to Hour Two of Pirate Radio Live. Save lives, be a hero, and make $700 your very first month donating plasma at Griffles Biomat USA. It's the easiest way to make extra money. Start now at Biomat USA on 505 South Memorial Drive. Make up to $700 in a month and save lives now at Griffles Biomat USA. A better donor experience and better pay. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Jersey Mike's is open seven days a week week for lunch and dinner order in store or online through the jersey mics app jersey mics a sub above now let's head back in to pirate radio live here's your host clip rock all right we'll talk some more pirate football hour three with morgan aylers and brian north also make you a winner in hour three but we will wrap up hour two talking nfl tony dunn county cat chronicles.com joining us and uh said earlier this is one of the worst slates of NFL uh, I can ever recall, which usually leads to great games. I feel like every time I say, ah, these are some bad matchups, yeah. at least it's some awesome games. So you got something to look forward to with these bad matchups. Uh, this is a good matchup, an important game in the AFC North between the Bengals and the Ravens. Shame on me, one of my worst all-time picks last week, picking the Lions. Me, has, me too. To not only cover, but to beat the Bengals, and that was a blowout. They are dead to me now, by the way. The Lions? Yeah, last week I was all thinking this is going to be my new team. Well, the coach was crying, and I, I, thought, know. I thought they got would, suckered. They would get us back, uh, but they didn't. Um, I'm going to take the Ravens at home here. I mean, I like this matchup. This is a true, like, are the Bengals ready for primetime? I, I just don't think they are. I mean, Baltimore's the class of that division, so I will take uh, the Ravens. I'm taking the Ravens because I slept on them last week with the Chargers coming to their house, and Missed I thought I've been starstruck with the Chargers. You sure you didn't pick the Ravens? Uh, I think Glenn did. Well, I got it right here. Uh, I don't need last to give week, you a win by I anything. picked the Chargers. You picked the Chargers. Glenn picked the Ravens. Okay. Um, yeah. So right now, because of what I, you know, my transgressions of the past, um, Ravens at home and that place, and I think it was uh, Glenn that was saying talking about this last week about the home venue. Yep. Being so such a real deal there. So I'm going Ravens, but I would not uh, be surprised if the Bengals put up a good fight here. Uh, Glenn. Ravens. Who Rolling I, with the home crowd when there. you hear who has the best home field advantage, what teams come to mind in the NFL to you? Chiefs, definitely Arrowhead, Arrowhead uh, Packers, New Orleans. Yeah, when they're good and the dome is rocking, that's uh, that's up there. Buffalo, Buffalo is a good one, especially Buffalo in New England in the, in the cold. I think they have the like they they haven't been good. I, well, not the Pats haven't been good, but. They don't get the same rep as the frozen tundra of Lambeau Field, you know, but I feel like it's the same deal. I know it's quieted down in the last few years, but Seattle? Absolutely. I don't know if the Browns have a great 
I don't know how loud it gets, but they have great fans. They have for the like best big fans. Home games. I was thinking about this, uh, you know, and actually, I think it was when the caller called in earlier, uh, mm-hmm. the fifth quarter caller, just a couple of days early. Yeah. Um, and how upset he was to a certain degree. Imagine being a Detroit Lions fan. Yeah. Or Brown. And how how would you even run a podcast? Like, imagine the fifth quarter call-in show for, for somebody Lions. for the last 40 years. Well, it would just be God. based on, like, sadness and hate. You know, it would be... Or un, un, dying, unconditional love and optimism. I, it would be tough to do after all these Man, years. Man, it'd be like... I know. I think it'd be like Eagles talking Philly. I think I would just, like, pick a different Which sport. Which I think is mostly negative. Yeah, but... But they've been good. But But that's more hate, and the Browns is more sadness. Sure. You know what I'm saying? I almost feel bad for them. Like, I almost want them to, I'm like, I'm cheering for them for oh, yeah. their own mental and yeah. psychological, their psychological I, I think they're health. the Cubs of the NFL. Now, maybe the that's Browns a are. good uh, example because I actually like the Cubs when they're losing more than, I, not more than, I mean, everybody loves winning, but they there is something the, endearing about being the lovable loser. They got the lovable loser moniker. Yeah. All you have to do, and it's gotten better now, we've seen the Browns in the playoffs, we saw them smoke the dang Steelers in the playoffs, but you go back, uh, so A.J. Murphy's has the Browns room yeah. every Sunday, and I always tell the story, and it still happens today, but now they're they're good, but like, me and uh, Castleberry were at the bar watching games and my our back was turned to the browns room and we, there's this loud ovation and we turn around because every time there's an ovation in a bar the coin flip try to find the tv i pretty much the ball was like around midfield i think they were in the opponent's territory they got a first down it was in like the second quarter <laughs> it was the most meaningless play of a football like they game the super bowl but those small victories that's all they had to go on so like you you sympathize with them Man, that's um, like some learning some life, you life lessons. You should like take your kids to like some Browns games or to the Browns room. I and show them real sadness, or to show them real like loyalty and commitment. It's like watching sure. Toy Story or something. I felt like, that way taking uh, Todd, my stepson, to ECU basketball games. <laughs> like I, I take Lily, she don't really care, but Todd's like a sports fan and he's into it and wants him to win so bad. And I felt bad for taking for it's like taking his like his binky away. Yeah, like his joy of sports. So it was uh, give me your blanket, kid, and grow up. He was Quit taking crying. Away from him. Oh boy! Well, you did laugh in his face. Well, now he's older. I'm talking oh. about when he was a kid. Uh, screw him and the Giants. I mean, come on, Eagles at Ra- Raiders. Shout out to me for the Raiders pick last Yeah, week. you've anyway. been riding with the. Did you really make the pick, or are you just so stubborn to not change? No, I loved the Raiders pick last week. Grew the Gruden stuff, and uh, they had an interim coming in. They were going to rally around the interim coach. That was easy. I Total thought that's, theories, I thought that's what I tried with Jacksonville the week before. It didn't work. And now this week, I'm going to bounce off the Raiders and take the Eagles on the road. Hmm. You know the Eagles are tough. They're like a, you know they're kind of good, but they're not. They put up, you know what? They put up some good fights. They played, they played Tampa Bay respectably. Jalen Hurts too is the uh, for you folks that hate fantasy football because you like sometimes fantasy relates to the games. Like if your player has a good game, that team's going to win and everything. Jalen Hurts is the most. Guy, he's not a good NFL quarterback, too. He's a must-start in fantasy because somehow he gets the points 
in losses. Like, his numbers don't look that good, but he mixes in those rushing yards, rushing touchdowns. I think the only people that don't like fantasy football are teams or fans of teams that actually win because fantasy football saves our interest for losing teams. And like, it's like, half of the season. it's kind of like this. If my fantasy football team lose, loses, my real team better win. But if my real team, the team I'm cheering for, is losing all the time, like I got to have something to rally yeah. the, my hopes. That's kind of my thinking on it, too. I'm taking the Eagles on the road. Who you guys got? I'm going to let Glenn go first. I think this is a tough. This is a coin flip to me. Raiders at home. I'm going Raiders, too. In the Death Star. Lions at Rams. I will take the Rams. <laughs> Rams. No revenge game for Jared Goff here. That is Oh, I forgot to and tell Stafford's you Stafford's first matchup. I didn't even think about oh, that. All week. If we could just circle back real quick, Panthers Giants. What if you know you want to talk about uh, our hopes and dreams being smashed with a three-game losing streak? Losing to the Giants would really burn the building down type mentality. Uh, what gentlemen? if Grant, Graham Gano <laughs> kicks the game winner wow. like a sixty-yarder right in Tony's face? Oh my gosh! I'm like gonna I'm gonna sit out the podcast. <laughs> just gonna go on mute. Shut it down. Uh, you're Purchase. taking the Rams, Glenn? Yeah. Everybody's I mean, taking the Rams. Texans at Cardinals. I will take the Cardinals. Everybody's taking yeah. the Cardinals. I told you Those the Cardinals are, are good. I know. I know. Really? They're getting better, too. The My Cardinals second worst pick legit. last week was picking and betting on the Browns against the Cardinals. Silly boy. Uh, Bears at Bucks. I will take the Bucks at home. Same here. Yeah. Sunday night. So Col- we don't have to watch any of the four o'clocks then. Wait, is Bengals Ravens four? Or that's a one. Oh, that's a one no, o'clock. You're game. right. I didn't even one think of that fact. No, then... Just get man. You just drink a couple IP. Well, or you just take a nap. Good. Nap, you know, you can binge season three of you. Ah, I have not started on that. Uh, all right, Sunday night Colts at 49ers. Ooh, stinker. I know. Ugh. Gross. Gross. I'll take the Niners at home. What has been going? On? What's the 49ers record? They are two and three. I'm going to take the Colts on the road here. Is, mm-hmm. is uh, Garoppolo? I think is playing. Is Guap back? Yeah, uh, Jimmy which doesn't help. No, <laughs> it might be. But a, it doesn't hurt. Detrimental. It doesn't really do anything. He is the new Alex Smith. <laughs> um, he's worse than Alex Smith. Man, that's a, is that that's a that's the toss up. Yeah, you could uh, pick the first ever tie of the year, Glenn. What did y'all pick? I picked the Colts. Where the Colts? The did, didn't the Colts win last week? Yeah, uh-huh. I'll take the Niners at home. I reckon. Nice, making up a game. And Saints at Seahawks. Jameis versus Geno on uh, I'll Monday take Night the Saints. Hmm. I mean, I, I reckon you take the home crowd. Are they coming off of Seahawks? Can who Saints? Ooh, I'm not sure. Maybe. Yeah, they're three and two, so they are only played five games. So they're coming off a of bye. See, uh, Seahawks were feisty last week against a pretty bad Steelers team, but still lost, right? Yeah, I might regret. I'm gonna pick the Seahawks. Do it. I don't know why I keep picking against games, the Saints. Baby. It's gonna be tied up, folks. Yeah, I'll take Seattle. Yeah. All right, Tony. You <laughs> count my chickens <laughs> yeah, really? too quickly. Uh, you got your Seahawks where they hatch. <clears throat> Uh, well done tony you got the post game show coming up sunday immediately following panthers g-man 
Yeah, I want you, uh, for all, all the people listening. If you want to just keep up with the latest Panthers news and opinions, go on to Google, go on to YouTube's, and just hit the C Three Panthers podcast. And we got a ton of content coming out from um, the Beat Check, where we catch up with a beat reporter from both the home team and the opposing team each week. We've got fan shows. We've got uh, Madden simulations. It's been real fun. We've been growing a lot. But we we don't spend money on advertisement or anything like that, so we just need one like, one share, one subscribe at a time, and and all you got to do is just be part of the community. Well said, Tony Don. Nice like pitch. Thank wow. you. Uh, Glenn, let's uh, Shirley, let's take a time out. We'll come back. Hour three of Pirate Radio Live. We've got our Free Beer Friday giveaway. Uh, Bud Light Seltzer Fall Flannel Pack can be yours. Uh, along with some other goodies as well. How about a Bud Light shirt, koozies, large two-topping pizza from Domino's. We're giving that away in Hour 3. We're talking to Brian North. And coming up next, Morgan Aylers joins us right after this. Listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Tiebreakers is open every day at 11 a.m. and is the best place to watch your favorite sports while enjoying the best wings in town, along with sandwiches, appetizers, cold beer, and more. Follow Tiebreakers on Facebook and Instagram for daily updates. Now let's head back in to Pirate Radio Live. Here's your host, Clip Brock. Back with you on Pirate Radio Live, hour number three of a free beer and football Friday. We are fired up for East Carolina Houston coming up Saturday at four o'clock. We'll be with you at noon on the Bud Light pregame tailgate, taking you right up to that four o'clock kickoff. And after the game on the U.S. Sailor fifth quarter call-in show, Joining us now, the host of the High School Huddle, which you can hear Friday nights at 6 right here on Pirate Radio. He is Morgan Ehlers. Hello, Morgan. Hey, Clip. How are you, sir? Good. I haven't seen you in the studio in a while. Good to Good see Good to be you. back in here. Yeah. Welcome back. Uh, looking forward to some... Glenn, Charles, uh, how you doing? The whole crew. Yeah. yeah. Good deal. Chandler's never here on Fridays, but... Well, Shirley's so excited about getting ready to do the High School Huddle, you know. Yeah, she's fired up. She's This is like her pregame. That's the, the big show. She's pre-gaming the pre-game. Only two weeks left. Regular yep, season. Two weeks left. So yeah. we're coming down the wire here. What uh, What are the big games in uh, the East tonight? Pitt County tonight. Uh, Pitt County tonight. There's uh, man, this one blank. Oh boy. Oh yeah. You've got uh, Washington's getting ready to play. They got a big game going on. Of course, they beat North Pitt last week. Yeah. Conley and Newburn is probably the biggest game in Pitt County right now. Conley coming off that big Jacksonville win last week, and Newburn with the big win two weeks ago over J.H. Rose. Uh, and you know it's one of those deals that you know if Conley can pull the miracle game out. Well, they pulled an upset last week, right yeah, against, against Jacksonville. Jacksonville. Yeah. So and, why not jump out? Row? I think it was forty-two to seven. Ended up winning forty-two twenty-one. Hey. Let's do Came it again. out throwing the ball. Isaiah Crumpler had a, a monster game last week. Hopefully, he can do that again. Newburn's real strong, though. Check out the high school huddle coming up at six o'clock. Interviews with coaches and media members, and uh, it's uh, a very quick hour. Goes by just like that. As Morgan uh, goes gets by in, a lot in about of sixty minutes. 
Uh, Just like it's 60 minutes, one hour. It's a fast-moving 60 minutes is my point, Morgan. I really missed you chirping at me. Well, thank you. Um, That's the fun part about being in here. You don't have to throw out all the scripts. Yeah, exactly. I don't need all this. You don't need all that until next week. Morgan, uh, you enjoyed uh, football last week? I did. I actually... uh, On the week off? I had the week off. I watched a little bit of it, but I had a wedding to do down in Cape Carteret. I went down to Cape Carteret and watched some football while I was down there. But you got, can we? Can I tell a story? I've been wanting to talk to you about this. Let's it, do it. It's a quick story. Oh, I'll, I'll say I have a long Listening story. Listening on uh, Sirius coming back, uh, it's about 11, I don't know, 11 o'clock, something like that. I'm, I'm driving back from Cape Carteret, pulling to New Bern at the, the Speedway to get, get some gas. As I'm pulling in, you hear that Ole Miss, in the, it's the Ole Miss-Tennessee game. Ole Miss has stopped Tennessee on fourth down. They get the ball. Tennessee was short by a yard, and they measured it, replay, and then people start throwing things. Mm-hmm. Okay, I am listening to that and getting, you know, pulling in, getting the gas. I'm like, okay, how long can this last? It lasts all the way till I get back to Greenville, unhook my trailer, and head to the house. That's when they finally start playing again. They were waiting for you to get home. I'm like, how? And the, how do you have golf balls in your pocket? At a football game, why do you have golf balls in your pocket at a football game? Glenn Griffin, why he do you have golf answer. balls in your pocket right now? He has the answer for us. Uh, I'm going to ask an, a more important question. Okay. Why do you have a full-blown thing of mustard in your pocket? Because the hot... Now, you can have a hot dog. The hot dog's there. They don't have the good mustard at the stadium. Yeah, you, you got to bring, bring your own mustard. Like, Glenn, as somebody who brings in condiments from the outside <laughs> as much as you but do... But I don't do it at the at the stadium. He doesn't, buy, he doesn't buy the condiments. He just takes them, you know, when he's there and brings them back in. I bet, Glenn, you got, like, hot sauce, barbecue sauce, ranch all in your vehicle right now. No, I don't. <laughs> but there was a time. There was a hot sauce. Well, period, here, here's sure. the other thing. If you go to a pro NFL stadium now, and I asked this question two years ago when we were down in South, I think it was uh, two years ago in South Florida, bought a drink, and they, they unscrewed the caps of the, the, the Diet Pepsis that we had. And I said, well, can I have the cap? No, you can't. Why? Because they don't want you to fill it up uh, with water. No, 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 that's not why. No. If you bought a water, they'd take the cap. And the NFL has a policy in their stadiums that if you have a, a bottle, whether it's beer, water, soft drink, whatever, they unscrew the cap, throw it away. Because if you throw the bottle of water, the liquid's coming out while it's in the right. air. Right, it loses the weight. You know, and that's that's the whole thing of it. Wow. Apparently, yes, ten, apparently Tennessee doesn't have that policy. <laughs> no, they had uh, – and, and how about Lane Kiffin catching the bottle at the end while his uh, security's, like, ducking out of the way? Yeah. That was uh, – And one of the funny things on that, the, the sideline reporter, it was the old Miss Radio Network that was on Sirius, and he's down there. He's going, oh, watch it. Oh, watch it. And he said, watch it. And then you could hear the splat of the guy standing next to him getting drilled. Oh, man. Great radio. What's the uh, – and I've done, so I've had to make some lightning announcements, some uh, please remain calm announcements at Clark LeClaire. Have you ever had to make those weird announcements over PA, stop throwing what, things, stop not, doing this? Not necessarily throwing th- – in basketball I have a couple yeah, times. Yeah, I remember. In, ba- yeah, in basketball yeah. I have, not in football. And the, the announcers for the Ole Miss thing – it's been five minutes, and the PA announcer here is awful. He hasn't made an announcement yet. Oh, really? They oh, were they, saying they were busting on him. Yeah. yeah, I was like, dude. You mean that's one of the first things? I mean, it's sort of just as soon as somebody starts throwing things and it becomes an issue, you there's a script that we have to read, and you yeah. you've read it, and 
please don't but throw by it. the way we're not allowed to just start ad-libbing at that point no like you don't blame no. us we are waiting for word from a much higher power i know you think morgan aylers controls everything that happens <laughs> with ecu athletics i do believe it or not there's there is someone politics, bud. That there certainly I, I, i'm is. telling you it's it's you know i met with coach houston before he left today mm-hmm. and you know i allowed him to use they wanted to switch planes i said no you got to use the plane that you got here and you know so <laughs> but no it's it's you know the game was it uh the show me the money game or bring oh, me my yeah, money yeah. game oh yeah the lightning delay right after yeah. the damn uh awesome intro oh, everybody's yeah. fired up well, that was what i was going to mention that that's the well, game that i remember morgan's voice yeah. having to do a morgan lot of the most hated man in greenville <laughs> well the funny thing about that was is that they had the team coming out and uh i remember talking to jj about this recently as a matter of fact and they were trying to stop them from coming out because they knew the lightning was there yeah but the video's going and you you know they're like no we're coming out on the field and they came out on the field and uh that was when they they were building town bank towers yep. and lightning was like hitting the baseball field that I is mean, when you would have to take the steps up to the... No, I didn't take the steps. I took the steps down. Or you had to take that... Uh, elevator. Immediate, that very shaky elevator piece. The construction elevator. <laughs> yeah, we were in like an open air yeah. area. Yeah, it was... The open air press place. It was strange. But I just remember the uh, the groans after Morgan made his announcement. And uh, You know, that's, I, that's happened to me twice over the last... 31 years doing doing east carolina one was the tennessee east carolina super regional over in kinston hmm. uh, i remember lee workman coming in we're sitting in the old granger stadium press box and uh there's i'm at one side of the the press box and they've got the microphones and they've got all the amps right beside me to my left and you can see them they've got a glass wall there's a, the radio teams across the way and lee workman comes up and says make an announcement and say that they need to go down below the stadium. There's some severe weather coming through. I said, okay, ladies and gentlemen, please make some, you know, blah, 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 going to the stadium. It's not a minute and a half later. He comes back and says, make an announcement, go to your cars, we'll let them know the status of the game. There's, it's, there's a possible tornado coming through. Wow. So I say that. And just as soon as I knew, I looked beyond the first base dugout. There's a pole right on the other side of the first base dugout, light pole. Lightning hits the pole. Blue comes along the wiring. Oh, bleep! And oh, I'm wow. sitting there. I had just, and again, with the toggle. For those that you, uh, the those of you don't know that there's a toggle switch on the microphone that you push down when you talk and you release it, so it's off. It's just an easy way to turn the microphone on and off. Well, I had just released that toggle switch. Blue comes in. I see the the, the electricity come down, blows two or three amplifiers sitting right next to it. Holy crap! Wow. My microphone is hot. Like I darn if I know how a microphone gets hot with electricity, the scoreboard gets blown. They're like they ended up the next day having it fixed somehow, but it didn't go out all the way. And I'm like, okay. And the radio announcer, who shall remain nameless, looks at me, and I'm looking at him, and it's like, dude, we almost died. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so you almost what? got fried in a yeah. press box in Kenston. What yeah. a way to go out. Yeah, what a way. <laughs> that, that, I, you How know did you funny? die in Kenston? That's a shocker. <laughs> when you brought that up, I was going to say, man, that's a really cool event to do PA for. That, that must have been fun. And then you told that story, and I was like, well, maybe, maybe not. There was, and, and you've done this. And in, in, when you have an NCAA tournament, you have the NCAA site director. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Some are, Some are better really cool. than others. Some of them are really cool. Some of them think their stuff don't smell. 
to put it in a very plain way. That is correct. He was one of those guys that it has to be this way, this way, this way. It's not anything else. King of his little anthill yeah. type situation. I mean, I'm like, dude, I got this. It's okay. Yeah. Now, don't you make a report on the change until I tell you it's okay. Okay. I, I get paid the same way either way. It doesn't matter to me. I'm good. <laughs> you know, but yeah, it's fun. All right, Morgan Ayler's joining us. Morgan, uh, well, we just killed 15 minutes. Let's go to break. I love the story time there. Uh, we'll go a few more minutes and, and get you the heck out of here on a Friday. How you feeling okay. about the Pirates coming off a of bye? I like it. I like it. You I like that? I like that. See, I'm a superstitious kind of a sports guy. Yeah? Yeah, don't you? When you're coaching, you don't walk on the white line going to the mound. Look at Lucky Louie over here. You know what I'm talking about? East Carolina, they're coached by Houston. They're playing by Houston. They're playing in TDECU Stadium, right? Mm -hmm. It's near Halloween. It's spooky. We're going to scare the crap out of them. We're going to win. Oh! That's a a prediction. Prediction? (laughs) (laughs) You do a terrible Mr. T, I got to say. I, I, I need to figure that out. Yeah, we used to have him on the show back in the day. Well, um, I can make a call and, and get him to call in sometime. What uh, is Houston defense, Morgan Lowen, 16 points per contest. They are. Are we going to put up some points on Saturday? We are. We is? We is. How many? Uh, I'm thinking the score is going to be 34. 34. 33. 34, 33. Fair enough. I like it. No, I think actually our defense plays pretty good. I, I I did say this, Morgan. So going into the year, we look at the schedule. I put the W's and the L's down, and I, I admit that like UCF back in July when mm-hmm. I saw the schedule. All right, that's a loss. We're going to lose that game. Houston at Houston, yeah, that's a loss too. Then you get in the season, things happen. You see your team, you see the that opposing team. The UCF game was right there for the taking. Sure, and. I, I feel a lot different about this Houston game than I felt going into the year. That this is a winnable football game for ECU. They're not favored, obviously. They're 13 and a half point underdogs, but I feel like they can go there, compete, and be there in the fourth quarter. I think if we get into the fourth quarter now, we're going to play a lot more aggressive than we have in the second half of some of these close games that we've lost or more even we've won. Uh, one of the games we we played very, in my opinion, very conservatively in the second half. I think we need to just go out there and say, boys, you got a mother, I got a mother. Let's play football. Throw the football out and go. Is that a common phrase? That is an Ed Emery phrase. I got a mother, you got a mother? Let's play football. I like that. Yep. Put it on a shirt. I know. That's really good. <laughs> Put it on a uh, shirt. I'm going to have to start using that one. No, and look, the offense had an opportunity to close it out in Orlando, and the defense had an opportunity. We've talked about that fourth and eight time and time and time again. Uh, but Morgan, uh, maybe you're right. Maybe they're learning uh, on the fly here that mm-hmm. they're going to have to go about it a different way next time. Uh, I hope so. We shall see. Coach Houston talked about it a little bit this week that this team kind of likes to get away from home. They like to get away from the noise, and there's a focus that comes with that in the time you know today and then before the game tomorrow that they don't really get at home that he likes well i like the the, and the app state app state looked good and and they they controlled that game but east carolina was in it they didn't get completely blown out at marshall the pirates win that game on the road at ucf they're winning in the fourth quarter have a chance to win it so they've looked pretty good on the road so i think that gives them confidence i think i just think there's something to that to that getting away from the noise a little bit and uh focusing i think that and i you go back and look and I, i haven't done this yet but i'm going to is 
How many touchdowns have East, has East Carolina had pulled off the board this year? <laughs> right. Well, they had totally. two against App to, to start the season. Two against App to start the season. The long run that would have put them first down and goal at the six. Yeah, that's another play in that game. You know, yeah. and you know, still to this day, I don't think anybody's explained the the the, the, the holding before, call. Well, the play before halftime. Oh, that one too. Yeah, yeah. I mean you. And then you watch uh, reverses or player, not reverses, but reviews uh, on a lot of football games, and you hear the commentators, there is no way (laughs) there's evidence to pull this down. Yeah. My other thing is, on on a Hail Mary, how come there's never a pass interference call? Yeah, I'm I'm starting to hear more and more of that, because you can really get away with a lot of stuff on a Hail Mary. Oh, yeah, they like... There are no rules. It's like a battle royal down there. It's a scrum. Yeah. It's like Crown Jewel down there. I watched it. Did you? That was well, a good I, show. I had actually. it on here yesterday. Yeah, the Edge uh, Seth Rollins match was great. Yeah, it, it rocked. I even like Ro- uh, Roman and Brock. Yeah, yeah, it was good for what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, where was I going to go? <laughs> I tell you, man, I come to studio. You got nothing. I know. <laughs> they just go eight different directions, yeah. and we're here, we're there. Well, I don't know. Morgan uh, Panthers three and zero, oh, three and three. Mm-hmm. Do they? Get back of their winning ways against the Giants this week. McCaffrey playing? Nope. Nope. <laughs> All right, that's pretty simple. Against the Giants? The G-Men. They, that's uh, a win. They can should be. I mean, defensively, Carolina's still pretty good. That's what I told It's just said off, earlier. Offensively, you know, you lose somebody like McCaffrey, and they've got a couple guys that have filled in and done some spot work for them as far as doing some things. that he. But there's nobody in the league that can do what he can do play in and play out it's not morgan enjoyed it i'm done you're done kenny curlings has a prediction uh for the puppet master here he kenny says, curlings 44 to 35 east carolina uh, a lot of points that. that's a lot of points i would love to see a lot of points with i think both of these defenses are, are pretty decent to uh, two lane you know they turned the ball over two or three times against houston and i think two of them were, were basically unforced and they're going in the score Mm-hmm. I mean, so I think we can move the football on them. I really do. And we got to cash it in in that red red area, That's as right. they call it, Morgan. That's right. And Morgan has said if the Pirates win, he will go with the Dana Holgerson hairstyle moving forward. Who, Morgan said that. Yeah. I got hair on the top of my head. You talking about Troy? It was. Uh, I thought it was you. Wasn't me. You'll put. You'll transplant that hair to the back of your neck. That would look good on you. Dude, I'm not. No, man. <laughs> Come on, man. Morgan right. with the mullet? Yeah. I can do the mullet. I bet I bet you would look good in the mullet, Morgan. I think that's a Troy do, though. You had the, had the big comb over that he's got. Mm-hmm. It's it's always cool if you watch him on the sideline. Once a game, he, he either wears a visor or a hat. Most of the time, it's a visor. Yeah. And he takes the visor off and he slams it somewhere. Then the hair goes. <laughs> it's, like, it's like way up in the end. if he didn't take the visor off i swear it looks like the hair on the back comes with the visor right but, it but looks it, like a kid like it's all one piece it's all in one but, but it's not it, it's not it's his all right more thanks man we'll see you at six i guess you're gonna hang around i guess i got to i'm kicking me out you, of no, you're gonna be all minutes. right i know you will uh surely let's uh make somebody a winner right now Booty, 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 booty everywhere. Booty, 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 booty everywhere. Yeah, boy. Miss 
that, didn't you? What song uh, are DJs like DJ Captain Morgan playing now to get the crowd hype? What's the, the go-to? Whatever pays the rent. <laughs> Whatever they say on their preference sheet that they want to hear. There you go. Good call. All right, 317-1250. Shirley. Caller number? number 12. Caller 12 is a winner. And, man, a great prize you shall receive. A Bud Light Seltzer Fall Flannel Pack. That includes maple pear, apple crisp, toasted marshmallow. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, you can have the guiltiest of all guilty pleasures, pumpkin spice dust off your leather boots, find your biggest scarf, and start practicing your leaf-throwing boomerang moves because fall is here. You can have all that. A bad for a first read, isn't it? That was a lot better than I've done on my eight times reading that. Uh, Bud Light shirt, koozies, and a large two-topping pizza from Domino's. It can all be yours. We'll be back after this. You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. If you've got damage from wood rot, smoke, fire, or water, consider it fixed. If you've got damage, use a contractor that works for you and not your insurance company. Visit FixedNC.com today or call 999-0001. That's three nines, three zeros, and a one. Fixed NC, restore, renew, maintain. Now let's head back into Pirate Radio Live. Here's your host, Clip Brock. Alrighty, back with you, and we will be back with you Saturday at noon on the Bud Light pregame tailgate. Again, not a great slate in the NFL. In fact, a bad slate on paper. Not a great slate in college football either. That guarantees we're going to have some great games this weekend. It seems like it always happens when the games on paper aren't that uh, that appetizing. We get some fantastic games with some wild finishes. Uh, do you guys know where college game day is on Saturday? I do not. That is question one. I have a follow-up question after this. It's somewhere weird. It's out west. That is true. Uh... Oregon is, is UC- playing UCLA. UCLA. Yeah. Uh, who will be the guest picker? Snoop Dogg. Shirley. What is that? Oregon. No, it's at uh, it's, uh, it's, it's L.A. Oh, it's in L.A. Yeah. Wow. Anthony Kiedis. No, he's not. I'm just. Oh, I was going to say throwing out a name. Uh, <laughs> somebody that's synonymous with L.A. Dr. Dre. You know what? I'm just going to throw this out there because it was just the first name that popped into my head. George Lopez. Okay. Wow. Uh, (laughs) They're going the athlete route. Okay. Now, how many UCLA football players do you know from yesteryear? They had uh, not many. Cade McNown. Kareem Uh, Abdul-Jabbar. John Elway. Um, He went to Stanford. I thought Elway. Who transferred there? Uh, Troy Aikman transferred Aikman. That, from that, UCLA. There we go. There we go. That's oh, no, no, no. To UCLA. I'm glad y'all remember this. Anyway, <laughs> they're going the basketball route, and they're bringing in Bill Walton. 
Oh, wow. Oh. I forgot that they now have that. Now, that would be interesting. <laughs> they have that hook in in-house. That is going to be sense. a very okay. strange segment. Lee Corso <laughs> and, and Bill, Bill Walton. Walton on yeah. the same set. That's going to be Two weird. of the most interesting dudes you'll ever see. Where It'll was, be interesting. Um, I, 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 I kind of like that. I kind of like that. It was post-game. No, no, no. This was NBA with Barkley and them. They were outside. Were they, they were at Staples Center. They were in L.A. And I was watching the other night, and Barkley and them kept saying, "Man, I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to leave these clothes in the hotel room. I can't, I can't get on a plane smelling like this." Talking about, I guess, the aroma of the the marijuana, the the devil's grass that was going on out there. <laughs> I'm just curious, like, what Bill Walton's going to be doing leading up to that appearance on game day. The question is, will he be wearing some sort of tie-dyed something? I'm going to say yes. Either tie-dyed or wine. I'm going to say a Grateful Dead uh, yeah, tie-dyed shirt. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. All right, so uh, Bill Walton coming up on College Game Day. I would have never guessed that one. Also, can I just say that um, I need a break, and I'm getting one tonight. No Braves tonight. I'm uh, I'm exhausted. Like, sure. Forget the players. What about the fans? What about me? <laughs> It's been a five. Yeah. This five game run has been something. So uh, somebody at, at trivia that's not a baseball fan is not not following it. They were going into the playoffs, and, and I said, "Well, the playoffs start whenever." And he said, "Oh, and then they last another three months." I'm like, "No, you're thinking of other sports because this thing flies by. It does because you get one travel day, and outside of that, you're playing every single day. Yep, and it is like excruciating. Even though the last two games have kind of been blowouts." And uh, surely your series has been a wild one too. You'll be back at it tonight. Yeah, I'm just glad I can chill tonight with no Braves. Uh, Steve Rockefort, by the way, Astros fan, not going to the game tonight. He's unable to attend. Oh, but, but he did tell me he hopes it's Braves Astro uh, Astros because the Astros would have home field advantage in that series. Uh, what do you think about tonight? You got a good pitcher on the mound. You're going with, with uh, uh, Valdi, who's been awesome in the postseason. Uh, he right? has pitched very well, and we're going to need him to pitch very well tonight. Uh, we, you know, it's winter go home. Our backs are against the wall. This is it for us. So uh, we got to get our bats going again. I don't know what what has caused our bats to go silent all of a sudden, um, but we got to wake them back up again. Uh, the Astros starter will be Luis Garcia. He is sporting a 45 ERA in the postseason. <laughs> Say that again? 45. Um, okay. He gave up five runs in two and two-thirds against the White Sox. That included three walks. Uh, against the Red Sox in the postseason, he gave up five runs in one inning. That included three walks. He likes to walk people and give up home runs. So there's well, that that is a good early. that's a good recipe for the Red Sox because we like to hit a lot of home runs and we love walks too. We just got to get I don't know we got to get out of our own head. We can't. We've had a lot of fielding mistakes in this game and and some of them we've kind of gotten away with because we had such a big lead uh, in a couple of games. But uh, when you're playing a close game and and when the Astros are just you know all of a sudden they decided they want to hit the ball too. You can't have the fielding mistakes that we've been having. All right, should be uh, that has that series has produced the over. I want to say in every game, just runs, runs, oh, yeah. and more runs. Uh, could be the same time. I mean, between the two, really, the, between the two championship series, there have been a lot of balls hit out of the park. Yeah, 
So, I mean, if you're if you're a baseball fan that loves just watching them just swat the ball into the ether, uh, then these uh, championship series have been fun to watch. Which kind of goes against the grain because you think playoff baseball, you think dominant starting, you think yeah. pitchers uh, getting into the sixth, seventh inning. That is not happening no. anywhere. No. And kind of makes me nervous that Max Scherzer's throwing tomorrow night, and we might see one of those for L.A., but... Anyway, let's uh, let's get to the Fixed NC Live line. Maybe talk a little baseball. We get you ready for your uh, football weekend with Brian North, who joins us today on Pirate Radio Live. North, how you doing? Well, I'm making it, Clippy. Uh, life is good. Cannot too much. How are you? That sounds good, and I'm uh, I'm right there with you, man. And uh, boy, great time of the year for a sports fan. On Thursday night, we had Major League Baseball, NHL, NBA, NFL all playing at the same time, mixed in with some college hoops, uh, or excuse me, college football and uh, some other things as well. And we'll talk football momentarily, Brian, but the Braves trying to make the World Series for the first time since 1999. I'm curious on your – remind us of your timeline, Brian. What were you doing in 99? Were you around here yet? Yeah, I was in Eastern North Carolina. My first full year was – I got here in September of 98. So 1999 was the year Hurricane Floyd hit us. And ECU had the miracle win against Miami and Raleigh. And, uh, yeah, the Braves were in the World Series. You got a, a nice uh, intro there to Eastern North Carolina. <laughs> you were probably thinking, "What? I'm not going to stay around here very long." Man, it was uh, it was a wild couple of first years, and there was a ton of great memories. But mostly, my first years were marked with death and and bad things. And every athlete I felt like I covered uh, was dying. Payne Stewart won the oh, yeah. in '99, and you know he died in a plane crash. And uh, a couple of Panthers, a couple of Hornets. Uh, it just seemed like everybody that I came into contact, not everybody, but, you know, it just it, it, it was a really weird couple of years. Bobby Phil's dying in a car crash. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Fred Lane Panthers getting shot and killed by his wife. Wow. Uh, yeah, it was some real crazy time. Sorry, folks. Didn't know we'd go down this road right off the top of the conversation, but that's where we went. I, how about this, Brian? A little inside baseball talk. Uh, so, like, I, I'm, I'm come from a, a family of farmers and – uh, my parents' house is, you know, like 40 feet from my grandparents' house. And I'm about five minutes away from both of their houses. So, like, it, I'm, I kind of always thought I would be around here if if possible, if I could make a living here. Uh, in the sports TV biz, uh, you know, you guys bounce around quite a bit unless you can find a home. So when you got to Eastern North Carolina all those years ago, Brian, were you thinking – I'll be here a couple years and move on, or were you thinking I, I want to stay here long term? Yeah, I had a five-year plan. You know, when I had the job, I, I became the sports director, which is something that I wanted to do, and I was able to cover things that I always wanted to cover. An NFL team, even though they were four hours away, they were going to give you that opportunity. ACC sports, uh, good college sports, Division One football, great high school stuff. I, I was just going to get the opportunity. So I had a five-year plan. The, the thing with my five-year plan was, I didn't know what the next move was going to be. I, yeah. Like you, can't grow up in a farm life, never liked living in big cities, didn't mind visiting them, but never wanted to live there. So I never knew what the next step was as far as the plan was. And then five years turned into seven years, 10 years, 15, 20. And then, you know, you get married and have some kids. And next thing you know, uh, <laughs> you're looking at the back end of your career, not going anywhere because this place has been so good to me. Yeah, I mean, are, do people even consider you a New Yorker anymore, Brian? I mean, you're one of our own at this point. Yeah, you know, maybe the people I grew up with, um, but it's kind of funny. It, it's a proud moment when you have 
people from eastern North Carolina who accept you as one of their own now. And, <laughs> and I've been very fortunate that no one's kicked me out yet or tried to kick me out. So uh, uh, I've been welcomed with open arms and uh, being here 23 years now, uh, there's a lot of people who think I'm from here, right? They don't know any different. So Yeah, and it's pretty cool, Brian. It's got to be neat for you. I think I saw one recently where a guy that you like covered in high school says, you know, uh, I still watch Brian North. He used to cover my games. I think I saw that on Twitter a week or so ago. You probably get that quite a bit. Now that you're getting second generation stuff, yeah. and when it comes, like, it was Wiley Jackson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Went to North Lenore, went then went to East Dublin. He's got East U connections as well. But you know, when he transferred, his dad was fired at North Lenore, and then went to East Dublin, and so Wiley went with him. And there was some contention there, and they went back and they played North Lenore, and they beat the crap out of them. So I've always called it the the Wiley Wayne Jackson Bowl. What they still do, even though they've been gone for decade plus now. So that, that's one of the cool things when you're here for a while. You have history; other people may not even know it, but uh, you have some history that a few other people do know. Just like the Family Unity Bowl at JH Rose. Oh yeah, I'll never let that die, even though a lot of people don't even know what I'm talking about anymore. So. Uh, it's just those type of traditions that I love, and that's the neat thing about being here for so long. Uh, speaking of those types of games, Brian, is uh, he loves a trophy bowl. And um, yeah. what was it? Okay, here it is. This is the this is UAB versus maybe Memphis because there are ribs involved. Did you see that trophy with just a full rack of golden-plated rack of ribs? I didn't, but I like it. I'm, I'm going to send that to you right now via Twitter because this might okay. be – the best looking trophy you've ever seen so uh speaking of which brown what do we got like two weeks left of high school football uh regular season yeah yeah this is the penultimate week and the next week's the regular season teams like newburn though newburn finishes up tonight they've got a buy in their final week so they've got that big game with dh Conley tonight and the bears win and they wrap up the, the big carolina conference so but yeah we're, we're down to next week's the last week of the regular season all right, uh, this thing is moving along, and uh, it has not gone off without a hitch, especially if you talk to Todd Light, but Aiden Grifton, and uh, some other coaches, Brian. But I don't know, would you say overall it's uh, it's it's gone smoothly, or I don't know, has it been a headache for uh, for these coaches across the East? I think the beginning of the season was just crazy. I th- we thought the spring was going to be nuts, and they got through it. And then the beginning of this year, I've never seen football coaches be so flexible and being able to move their schedules. Yeah. Teams that were scheduling each other Friday late morning and just getting on the bus and going. And that is so contrary to the nature of football coaches who want to control everything and have film study and do all this stuff. So I think we learned a lot this year about the ability for football teams to adjust a little bit better than they thought. And now we get into the conference season. Obviously you have less flexibility and they mysteriously and wondrously found ways to not postpone their games so much. Uh, except for Aiden Grifton, uh, but everybody else is, and, and Washington County, I think, is the other one that's having trouble right now. But everybody else has been able to get it in, and I would say overall, yeah, I would count this as a successful season uh, so far. Look, so, some yeah. things could still happen, but um, so far, it's, it's, it's been a pretty good year. Talking to Brian North on the Fixed NC Live Line, Pirates are three and three, Houston Cougars are five and one. Brian, both teams coming off a bye and uh will be fresh and ready to go for the game at td ecu stadium on saturday uh what do you think about the pirates chances heading into houston as a 13 and a half point underdog on saturday yeah that's interesting you know because ecu's feeling pretty good um about where they're playing i mean obviously they didn't get play well their last game but you had that time to really stew about it and correct some of your mistakes and i'm curious offensively how they're going to make some adjustments and if they start opening up the playbook or a little bit more or finding a way to get in sync but but, you know, going on the road is the tough part, but you are well-rested, and I like ECU coming off that bye week. Obviously, Houston is too. 
but I like the direction where this ECU program is going, and um, it's, it's a curious game. Then they've got the short turnaround after that that's really tough. Uh, but I'm curious as to how they're going to come out and play. But, I, it, look, I think they got as good a chance as anybody. Houston's kind of one of those weird unknown teams that's kind of trying to figure out their identity as well. So uh, I give the Pirates a chance with that defense. Defense travels, and if that defense can play, yeah. well, they're going to be right in there. Brian, uh, any thoughts on the the new friends in the American Athletic Conference? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it's Conference USA all over. Again. This is yeah, I'm calling it Conference USA 3.0, and especially if Conference USA folds, which now uh, your James Madison Dukes uh, look like they're potentially going to what the Sun Belt. Like the, these Conference USA teams might be voting for the Sun Belt as well. So I don't even know if Conference USA is going to be a thing. So I like what the Sun Belt's doing better than what uh, the AAC is. Yeah. The Sun Belt's trying to go more regional and get some of these regional rivals in. And, and good teams, too, like good programs. They're soliciting JMU, and JMU for years has been interested in jumping to 1A from 1AA, and this could be the right invitation and the right time for them. I think they've kind of topped out at 1AA. I think they feel like they're recruiting pretty well. The only issue is they won't get as many transfers, I don't think, when they when they go up a level. But that who knows in this day and age of the transfer <laughs> portal. But you know, I think I think they're interested. They're filling the stadium a lot more now. Uh, they're getting these top quality wins. Um, I, I think, I, I, like App State, I think they're kind of ready. They feel like they're ready to make that transition. So, and the, it seems like the Sun Belt is the right conference to go to at this point. I like what the Sun Belt is doing. They've got some good teams that are quietly making their way and doing really well as long as they can keep some of those they're everybody's having the defection problem but i like that better than i like what the aac is doing and just trying to invite all these teams from all over the country instead of staying in a more regional concept which i think could be a key here in the future but everybody's chasing that tv money that it is brian north joining us on the fixed nc live line we are the unofficial station of the wake forest demon deacons when we talked to brian north on friday we're giving him a pub if nobody else is but 16th in the country weird one here brian they go out of the acc for a week before they begin their gauntlet uh back half of the schedule and play at west point against army they are three-point favorites this is a, a tricky one uh for wake forest it certainly is and they've had some really close games with army in the past and we always talk about styles make fights and matchups and all of those things and boy i this is one of those matchups as a wake. If you're a Wake Forest fan, if you're one of the five Wake Forest fans, that <laughs> this is one of those those matchups that scare you because it's a ground and pound team with the option, and they 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 just punish you. Well, Wake Forest likes to spread it out and seems to do better against those spread teams. So uh, th- this will probably be the game that messes up Wake Forest's chance of getting into the playoffs. Right? They will probably go and run the rest of the, the yeah row in the ACC, but they'll have that one loss to Army that'll mess them up. But, yeah, a really dangerous game. I think the last time they played at Army, they won or lost on a last-second field goal. Always seems like it comes down to a field goal, but they do play Army quite often. Brian, uh, we every week also talk about when will NC State slip up. Sorry, Pack fans, but you're probably thinking the same thing at home uh, because you've watched this team over the years. Could it be, and certainly could be, will it be this week, and Miami Gardens in Florida against those Hurricanes, Brian North. I, you know, it's funny. NC State has to go from one end of the East Coast to the other. They were at Boston College yeah. last week. They played well coming off the bye week. Now they've got to go to the other end, uh, down to Florida. Hmm. Miami's a curious case. I'm wondering if those guys even want to play anymore. And so this is yeah. one of those step-up games for Miami to find out if they're just going to cash it in or if they're actually going to step up and play. So if NC State can jump on them early, I think you'll see – 
Miami fold like a cheap tent. But you let Miami in that game early, and uh, they could cause you some problems. But I, I wouldn't be the game I would pick for NC State to stumble just yet. Uh, but it, it's always out there, right? I don't, I don't think you can sit there and say everything's a guaranteed win for NC State on nah. the schedule at this point. So uh, I think they still – and Dave Doran's done a good job. He likes this group of guys. They seem to be focused game to game and, and can kind of uh, compartmentalize. So, again, I think the key is that first quarter. They jump on Miami early, they'll fold. Miami sticks in it. They get some confidence. They're going to play loose. They've got nothing to play for at this point, really. They just want to go out there and play some good football if they can. I said it last week. If the Boston College game was at noon, kind of a sleepy day at Chestnut Hill, I would have liked Boston College chances more than uh, yep. than than a night game. And and kind of the same case here. Uh, didn't Wolfpack fans complain for decades about noon games? And now, Brian, they're playing under the lights, prime time, getting good TV spots. So yeah. this is another night game. Miami doesn't have the best home crowd. I think NC State will be able to fire themselves up and, and go down there and win that game. So we'll see. You bring up a great yeah, you bring up a great point. NC State might lead the country in seven thirty games this year, <laughs> at least under the light games, because they're playing a lot of them and they've seemed to have benefited from it. They seem to enjoy that primetime atmosphere and should be nice and warm in Miami. So yeah, this is it's interesting and you're right. It's funny how Miami is supposed to be one of these powers, but their their home crowds are horrible when they're not good, yeah. when they're not playing anybody of significance. So, and I don't know if NC State quickens the pulse of the the, the Kane fans in Miami. Brian North joining us. North, uh, I like to think that at least once a week somebody is just coming out of a long coma that's tuning into the show, and this is for coma guy. Yeah. Top twenty-five Pittsburgh is a favorite over unranked Clemson, uh, three thirty on ESPN this Saturday. You tell somebody that the last five to seven years, then, and uh, it sounds yeah. crazy, but that is the case this year. And we talk about state—a huge chance for them to get to three and zero in the ACC. Pittsburgh trying to get to three and zero, and they're favored to do so at Heinz Field against the Tigers. And so if you want to give me your mortgage check for the month, Clip, I'll put it all on Clemson. This is mm. those games where Clemson is going to uh, correct things. You know, it's, okay. it's been jumping on the pit bandwagon lately and, and certainly throwing Clemson under the bus. And I'm t- Clemson's still got a good defense, right? And so um, what's the spread on that game? Uh, I'm seeing Pitt by three and a half. Right, three and a half. It'll probably be a close game, but I – Brian North never talks like this, so I'm super intrigued now, and I'm running to my my guy to to pound the Tigers here. Well, remember, I'm taking your mortgage money now. Oh, okay. You're playing with mine, not yours. That's different. I'm playing with your money on this one. So I I would, if you Clemson, I'm just Clemson is way too talented to not bust out at some point. Now, maybe I'm the fool for thinking it's going to happen this year, and and maybe it won't with this offense, but it just feels like at some point for Clemson to bust out. And it just seems like this game seems right. It just seems like this is one of those bizarro games, as you mentioned, the coma guy. This, this, it's, Clemson's going to get things straightened out and, and put Pitt, Pittsburgh in its place. They're going to win it for coma guy. This is a coma guy game. So let's go Tigers. Uh, Brian, uh, let's see. Anything else? ACC? No, let's go to the Panthers from 3-0 and to 3-3 and pretty quickly. And now uh, maybe a get-right game for them against the Giants. It is on the road. Uh, but the Giants have had their issues this year. And uh, Panthers need McCaffrey back in the worst way right now. Uh, played a wild one last week. Nice comeback to tie the Vikings, but the Vikings win in OT. So tough times for uh, for Matt Rule and the folks there in Charlotte. So their get-right game was supposed to be the Eagles. 
Then it was supposed to be the Vikings. Ah, good point. <laughs> We're running out of get-right games. <laughs> and you bring up a great point with Chris McCaffrey, but I found it very telling this week that Matt Rule said, what are we doing? We are going back to running the ball. I don't care who's back there. We are not going to throw the ball 40 times a game, which I believe was a slight indictment on, on Sam Darnold and his, some of his decision-making. So they're going to pound whoever they are. They're going to go to the Mike Houston philosophy of we're going to send out our great defense and try and win the game and not screw it up offensively. And so uh, the Giants seem like a good team to do that against. They've got injury problems. They've got all sorts of issues going on there. Um, so we'll see if it works. The McCaffrey thing's intriguing, right? It's not that McCaffrey – that I mean, he's a great athlete with the ball in his hands. But what he does to cause defensive coordinators nightmares with the matchups, when you put Christian McCaffrey in the game, you have to pay attention to him. When you put Chuba Hubbard in the game, you don't pay the same amount of attention because he don't have, hasn't have the same type of skills. And that transitions down to everybody else and how the offensive is run. So uh, they've got to find ways to, to go with what they've got with putting McCaffrey on IR – uh, whether that's running the ball, eating clock, and letting the defense out there to, to make plays. Uh, but I'm, I'm curious as to see what the offense looks like this week. But Matt Rule was adamant that they would not throw the ball 40 times a game and yeah. find a way somehow to run the ball. Yeah, I heard that. And, and only seven teams have ran the ball more this season than the Panthers. I will note that the Panthers are the only team in that group of the top uh, 8 to 10 that have a average yards per carry under 4. They're at 3.9. So they they have been running it. I think I think that was a a reaction to when he looked at the stat sheet and saw Darnold was like what fourteen of forty or something like that. Oh God, yeah, yeah. Well, he had dropped passes, and I just Sam Darnold's got we got to be real careful with him. We talked about this at the beginning of the year, right? As you try to rebuild his confidence coming out of the the Jets deal where he was sacked uh, the second or third most times in the NFL, mm-hmm. and it's already happening now with the Panthers. And I think you got to get the guy hit less because he's starting to see ghosts. His decision-making is starting to get worse. At the beginning of the year, you're like, okay, I can see the potential here. But the last two weeks, his decision-making, you're looking it's a guy wide open over here, and you're throwing into a tight window over there, and it's just not working, or you're throwing it to the other team. So they're, they're real worried about his confidence right now, uh, making decisions, throwing the ball. they just got to find a way to get him right again. Brian North joining us. North, enjoyed it, man. We'll uh, lob you a phone call around 3.30 tomorrow, see if you're available. I don't know if that's feeding time, pumpkin time, what you'll be doing, but we'll try you anyway. Yeah, that might that might be the good ideal time to do it. Yeah, let's check it out. All right, we'll, uh, we'll give it a shot. North, thank you, man. Have a uh, great show tonight on the Blitz. Hey, thank you. Real quick, you know that Chris Taylor kid uh, that, that – Pummeled your Braves last yeah. connection. Just throwing it out there for you. Yeah, we could have ended the conversation before you said that. <laughs> but, Sorry about that. But we didn't. Uh, what was that? Evan Phillips? He was a was he a Wilmington guy too, Brian? You remember that name? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So we got uh oh man. Uh, <laughs> I'm having some flashbacks of years past <laughs> with the Braves right now. Uh but North always likes the local angle, so good stuff there, Brian. We'll uh we'll talk to you tomorrow, man. All right, sounds good, bud. There it is. Brian North joining us today on Pirate Radio Live, getting you set for your sports weekend. We'll take one last look at the Buccaneer Music Hall weekend scoreboard and let you know the game's coming up tonight and our schedule for Saturday when we return and wrap things up on Pirate Radio Live after this.
You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Taking a look at your stock market report, the uh, Dow was up 73 points and closed out the week at 35,677. The NASDAQ dropped 125 points finished at 15,090 the S&P was down 4 at 4,544 that's your Wells Fargo Advisors financial report for a personal look into investing call Wells Fargo Advisors today at 756-6900 in Greenville Wells Fargo Advisors LLC member SIPC now let's head back in to PRL Here's Clip Rock. All righty. Great sports weekend on tap, including East Carolina at Houston. We'll be with you at noon coming up Saturday on the Bud Light pregame tailgate. Game is at four. Postgame show begins right when the game ends. We'll be with you on the U.S. Sailor fifth quarter call-in show. Coming up tonight, a lot of sports action. By the way, the Hurricanes are 3-0. and They won last night again. Um, also last night, SMU 55-26 to as they put it on Tulane last night and i was unable to send my congratulatory text to damon magazoo because guess what they blew another second half lead unlv oh. loses again they have lost so many one score games that it is uh it's quite sad but it's going to happen soon uh coming up tonight by the way middle tennessee like poor poor blue raiders you never hear them in like conference realignment talk and they're in the middle of Tennessee. They are just a big nothing burger. I think it's the triple name. Like you're both. Like it would be like if we were East Carolina State. State. Yeah, yeah. I think you're right. it makes you seem smaller. Just like UT San Antonio. If it was just San Antonio, San Antonio University, right? University of San it would Antonio. Have some some cachet to it. I agree. I like calling Middle Tennessee Middle. We're All playing right. Middle. Where? What's the what? What city are they located in? I know this. I don't. I got like one minute to remember. Uh, Murfreesboro. That is correct. Yeah. Boom. So they well couldn't done. be. So they couldn't be Murfreesboro State. <laughs> that doesn't really work. <laughs> anyway, they play UConn tonight. If you're interested, Memphis at UCF, Colorado State at Utah State, and Washington Arizona is the college slate. Hornets in action tonight. They are on the road. They're 1-0. They play the Cleveland Cavaliers and the Red Sox and Astros. 8 o'clock tonight on Fox. Game 6 of the ALCS. As we go to, uh, as we leave you today, Southern Miss is moving to the Sun Belt, according to Pete Thamel. An official announcement uh, coming next week. So there you go. The shifts just the keep fun on happening. The Got funner. Fun belt is fun. It is fun. I would love to be in that conference. That's what's going on in the Buccaneer Music Hall scoreboard presented by Dub Buck. We'll have plenty of scores and a lot of fun for you on Saturday at noon on the Bud Light pregame tailgate. We will see you then. So long, everybody. Thanks for listening to Pirate Radio Live, an exclusive presentation of the voice of the Pirate Nation.